Oh, the 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 sweet tang of a of a mostly orange juice beer mosa. <laughs> I'm so sad. Guys, if yeah. I don't get to drink beer anymore, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, 2020 has taken so much. I can't Dude. get rid of beer. At the beginning of quarantine, I was right up against that because I realized that beer was giving me problems with sleep. Oh, what? Yeah. Just one beer. Is it digestive? Not, I, I think it had something to do with that, yeah. Not four beers, like my normal life, but one beer. And then, you know, weed or whatever else. Yeah. But oh, when it comes to a dark and stormy, like Neil made me in honor of this episode because it was dark stormy. And then I can drink all the booze I want. <laughs> well, mine is is not specific to to beer. It just it's seems just like maybe alcohol in general, which yeah. would really bum me out. But hold on. Then the noise will have to be... Um, hold on. Oh, God. Oh, I there is some ASMR for you guys of the little packet that my weed gum is coming. It's illegal here. <laughs> Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast. Nope, that's not what it is. And it would have been so good. I was just in it. You can still go for it. Welcome to Sauston Austin, a Podlander Drunkcast podcast. I'm doing it again. God damn it. We're going to do, do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Welcome to Sauced in Austin, a Podlander Drunkcast podcast. This is volume one of Imbibe. And prejudice. I'm Allison. <laughs> I, 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 I'm Julie. <laughs> That's Janine. Hey. Uh, and we have a guest, another guest this week. As you may have noticed, we're, we're having more of those. We figure Jane Austen is something that lots of people love. So we want to have friends of the show. We want to have other critics and other Austin heads on. Uh, and this week is one of the, one of our, our friends, one of our friends of the show, um, who has uh, done the most, <laughs> just the most, to be mm -hmm. really supportive and lovely for us. Um, so welcome, Jen Lander Drunklin. <laughs> Love it. Hi ho! Yay. The very first ironic Patreon name, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was. Yeah. It yes. Was. Although I think it predates Patreon. I think it was Twitter. No. Jen, it was you, the other way around. It was Patreon mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well. Well, no, it was definitely the other way around. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it. Um, I remember when that happened because I was like, "Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> we've reached a new level. Uh, this is amazing." Uh, and since then, we've got to spend a lot of time with Jen. It's really great. Whenever mm -hmm. she's in in Chicago for work or for whatever, it's been great. And now okay. she's here, and we're talking. So she, and by here, I mean she's in her home. Somewhere not, that's not Chicago. Somewhere that's away not Chicago because Far she away. has not Bummer. traveled because that would be Dumb. unwise. Um, <laughs> please stay home. <laughs> please. Even for Thanksgiving. Yes, Even please. for Thanksgiving. Please, everyone. Please. I know. Please. I know it's um, we, uh, we, will, we will go on Crowdcast and, and like, I don't know, like make faces. <laughs> and like, oh, you know what? If everybody promises to stay home on Thanksgiving, I promise I'm volunteering this without his permission, but he's going to be fine with it. I already felt that coming. <laughs> I promise that we will do a crowdcast where Janine 
just attempts to floss over, over and, and over and over, and over again. again. Yes, uh, it's listen, that's my Thanksgiving tradition, so it might is. as well cast it. I'm into it, it. I was there for the very first Janine Flosses on Thanksgiving. It really is true. That is really a tradition. <laughs> it's a magical time of year. <laughs> it is. It's, in fact, the most wonderful time mm-hmm. of the year. What kind of, of flossing are we talking about? The dance, you know, that the kids do with the, the weird, like, that hip flossing, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got which it. isn't as cool anymore, but still, it's this is what happens when you catch on to trends it's later It's plenty cool for you, Janine. Yeah. But if you have even a wisp of gray, all the kids will forgive you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I, uh, hear me out. This is a wild idea. I'm throwing you a curveball. But what if Janine flossing on Crowdcast to get people to stay home for Thanksgiving is the flossing like the kids do and then actually f- like flossing your teeth? No, no one wants to see that. No. And, uh, then I could I could teach you how to do embroidery, and you, so you could do some embroidery with embroidery floss. floss. Oh. They call that thread see? floss. Listen, see? I'm I'm following that. That is a great great thread for us to stick to. Oh, fucking shut it down! Just turn your <laughs> zoom up right now. No, Leave. Sh- shut it up! <laughs> shut it up! <laughs> Shut it up! I love it. <laughs> Do it. You All know right. that. Uh, I feel I'm feeling like good. That's, feeling that's good. a good transition for us because this is yet another week where in our little crowdcast where we watch the episode beforehand, um, people were just batting a thousand. Because we and part of the reason that that's so enjoyable for me is because for the most part we're muted when we do those crowdcasts, right? Like right now we've got Janine unmuted because it's his first experience, and um, and no one forgets their first time. So Never. we wanted to be able to hear his reactions to, you know, Darcy coming out of the pond and whatnot. Um, lake, lake, fine, what you will. Um, <laughs> so trout stream, I don't know. It's his trout stream. God, why didn't we make a dirty trout stream joke? Never mind. Another time. I'm not sure if there is one. Uh, that stream oh, of thought of course is good, there is though. One. I say Janine got the eels reference really early on and I was like throwing my hand up like I got it I got it I got it (laughs) (laughs) I felt so special that I understood (laughs) well uh yeah I I don't know oh muted muted so we're muted uh and Janine is not but Janine is mostly going like oh shit and Mm. Lydia and like, oh damn, oh, oh Mary. shit, Mary, chill, Ugh. Mary, 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 and then sometimes like rich people, <laughs> and like, and that's his repertoire, right? And it's great, it's very entertaining. But because we're quiet, and Janine again is mostly just going, "Wow, that ass," though, then everybody else gets to be funny. I think mm-hmm. maybe like they all are funny for us Love and it, it has been, I just really, really enjoy oh, it. Yeah. You all are funny as shit. And once again, there was sort of a standout this week, although it was closer. There were a lot of people who did really well. I love that we're doing this because since I don't see them, this is a surprise for me. Please yeah. go on. So everybody, everybody was funny. Lots of good jokes, but the person who had the hottest streak is Sabrina, um, who, by the way, this is fitting because Sabrina, Sabrina is also going to be our next Friday lunch break guest. Um, she is a biologist, and she's going to come on <laughs> and talk about reptiles and amphibians. So yes. you can come and ask her your snake questions. I'm so excited. So awesome. Oh, and I'm eels. so excited. And, and eels. eels. Yeah. Salamanders. <laughs> salamanders. Spe- special thing for salamanders. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's going to be so good. Anyway, um, Sabrina, I think, was on the rollingest of rolls, although everybody was funny. Um, my notes are not going to make any sense because I was just writing down funny shit that people My said. notes are terrible today. 
Well, good. Then we're on the on the same page. And you know what part of why that might be, Julie? It's because, because I'm this, very distracted. Because you, like Marie Kondo, love mess. And this is a very messy episode. It was very messy. Very messy. Very messy. Yeah, there's messy drama. The one with the messy drama. I've been ready for this since we started. I my favorite kind of Pride and Prejudice joke is a Lydia joke. I, yeah. For a while, until Cardi B quit Twitter, I would just occasionally see a Cardi B tweet and then write like, "Mr. Bennett says this 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 thing about Lydia," and then Lydia says, um, "You know, I want you to touch that little dangly thing that hangs in the back of my throat." Like what? whatever <laughs> and it worked really well and then t cardi b quit twitter and i lost oh, that particular idea outlet yeah. for my very special joke favorite oh, cardi b. so i love i fucking love a lydia joke you're gonna have many to make in this one uh, although is it punching down in this episode lydia no lydia is well, living her best life lydia doesn't think she made a bad choice not yet lydia has a child yeah, yeah she's lydia she's, doesn't know. she's been kidnapped amber alert amber alert and she's, amber and alert. she's playing house at the same time oh. <laughs> house in an apartment where they're hiding from debtor from the creditors like, yeah i'm married and this is what my husband says and uh, oh, boy. can't we go to the theater please Ooh. let us go to the theater oh it's, it hurts it oh, hurts. fucking Christ. Oh, my sisters will have to be my bridesmaids. Wait, so uh, before we move on to the episode, though, what are some of Sabrina's uh, hot takes? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I want to pepper them in throughout. Oh, great. Then we. Um, I think that's the right way. Great, great, great. That's but what there you is did last week, and it made me laugh real hard. <laughs> there is um, a particular bit of context that I need to give, though. Um, because before we started, at some point, I don't know, over the last 24 hours, Janine shared a TikTok on our Twitter account, um, which is <laughs> very funny. And which um, I'll, I'll put on I'll put on Twitter. I'll maybe we'll do a TikTok reaction vid. Janine can do edit or something. Um, I'll share it. But it's of this cat named Gary, and he's walking down a dock, and then Poor he, Gary. like, falls into the water and makes the most <laughs> pathetic, miserable noise. And it's you, you feel so bad for Gary, but it's also extremely funny. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. And, <laughs> and, um, and there was a lot of talk about it in the Crowdcast chat. Uh, and I think... God, I can't like even Janine remember. Can't even fucking keep it together. Come on, it's bud. Such a funny. I'm gonna mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare mute. No, you stay on. It's you so stay funny. on. Oh my god. Um, it's so funny. Um. Anyway, it's funny. I'm on TikTok. Like, I don't want to admit how many hours a day. I haven't seen this one yet. Oh, oh you need to. You'll you see it. To. It's really good. Um, but uh, Sabrina, <laughs> I don't even actually remember what she said. She was like, get it together, she Gary. Was like, Gary. She was, she was like, like, Gary, why did you just jump off the bridge? <laughs> and then she got some very useful context in that one of our other drunk casters or slackers who had seen it um, said, Sabrina, he's blind. <laughs> which, is, which is why, Gary... Phil, I, I think maybe you had to be there, but you just need to know that Sabrina came in hot. First, she was trolling me about something. Do you remember what Sabrina was trolling me about? I don't remember. It was something about it was something about drinking and like she was like you were talking about how you like a good uh, high life, and she was like, "Oh, well, we know." 
that is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shade. Shade. Shots fired. Oh, we're aware. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so from there on out, she was really on a hot streak. So with honorable mentions to several people who were very funny, including, I will say, Kara, who gets bonus points for coming in at whatever time it is in Dubai right now. Oh. Um, she gets she gets extra points for that. Um, oh. there were, Jen, got, I will say, Jen, everybody you was see funny. This. You got to see this video. We're going to make sure we share it to you. With you well, I tell you, I there, so there's good. no... I I think maybe the time change, I'm trying to figure out my mentality of the only time in my whole life with you guys, my whole life with you guys, um, <laughs> that I it's missed the whole time zone thing. Mm-hmm. I was on my calendar. My family was going to be out. I was doing this. I'm there for the crowd cast. And then I show up and I'm like, oh, wait, Central Standard Time. <laughs> <laughs> if I could so I wasn't there for the watch along, but that's okay. Uh, well, that's... but you know the episode. You know the episode. Oh, 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 oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Jen specifically picked this episode. She sent me a message and said, "Hey, Excellent. I don't want to be a bother, but I would really like to come on the show." I was like, "Well, yes, naturally, uh-huh. of course, please do. Do you want episode five or six? And she sort of took a minute to think about it, which I appreciate because <laughs> that's a hard decision. But what is it about this one, Jen, that pushed it over the edge? Why this one? Well, it's partly because I I didn't want to be part of the the end episode. I felt like that was too important. <laughs> But also, oh, it's not. It's yes, nah. But but also the gaze, the piano oh, gaze. The gaze. Mm. That gaze. Yes, I don't. It was ooh. very hot. Oh my god. Come I here. haven't really f- slept fully since I saw that. And <laughs> <laughs> when was that? How many days ago, Jim? Exactly. I because I tried to watch this a, uh, a few times, and I didn't really get drawn in after the first episode and so I just left and I heard people say it's worth it it's worth it and I just sort of never I don't watch much TV I'm not I don't have any background at all in the performing I don't have nothing so I just kind of get sucked into one thing at a time and um, so I was like okay all right for these ladies I'll watch this whole thing and that was probably around when well it must have been around when you did episode one and I the next morning I had watched all of them yeah oh yeah (laughs) it's very hard to stop once you actually do get oh, drawn God. in yeah yes. i don't fangirl much anymore <laughs> at the age of 47 but i could put a poster of him on my goddamn wall making that <laughs> that mm. facial expression at her at the piano i swear mm. God, i've never been this disabled that's not true <laughs> jamie disabled me this much too <laughs> if i could make a suggestion if sorry let me let me rephrase if my 15-year-old self could make a suggestion, uh, putting that poster on your wall, that's for suckers. Ceiling. <laughs> Ceiling. It was, he showed, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. He showed one dimple. He showed one dimple. <laughs> All right. One tiny dimple. Are we ready to dive in? Let's, Let's do, this. do this. Here okay. we go. We're going to start at the beginning of episode five of the A&E BBC PP. <laughs> Uh, and this, we uh, hold on. This is yeah. my first drop in. This is not Sabrina. Um, but when this episode goes up, I'm going to change our Twitter banner. <laughs> the only time we've ever changed it because it's been a picture of Duncan LaCroix with a heart around his face and my Pimple sloppy nice. MS paint, paint handwriting saying Pample Moose for life mm-hmm. um, since I started that Twitter account. And I'm changing it's Dick Rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Dick Rocks. Oh. Um, it's she took the final shot in the opening credits 
so it's the pink embroidery and it says screenplay by Andrew Davies <laughs> and underneath it in all capital letters she wrote nemesis of Emma Thompson <laughs> so, you're gonna start some shit <laughs> <laughs> so that's going that's going on our that's going on our, our Twitter account it made me laugh so or I asked her permission and she was like that's why I do this I'm a people pleaser I was like great <laughs> it really does make me laugh because somewhere somehow you know Andrew Davies heard this and was like hmm someone got it what did I say the last time I went to the pub for a sherry? I must have opened my trap and expressed my long-standing hatred for that Thompson woman. Thompson that common... Th- woman. I call her common Thompson. <laughs> she and that Michael Caine can go jump off a bridge together. I'm Michael Caine! <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. I can feel it. This oh, is like shit. it's I'm like so I've got punchy. A, it's so like a little punchy. You know what I'm going to call it? It's my cherry bounce sense. It's like other people get little like <laughs> like <laughs> like a goose flash, right? They're like, "Ooh, there's a storm coming." And for me, I just feel I like I get a little a little shot of adrenaline, a, a little verve, and then I feel this strange taste in the back of my mouth. It's almost like mm, like cough syrup and vomit, and then that's how I know it's going to be a cherry bounce kind of an episode. Oh. <laughs> and my knee tingles, and, and and my knee tingles. Just put that on the list from where I fell in my Rollins games. That's so awesome. Anyway, all right, here we are. Okay. So we open at the inn, I presume, and you guys, it's the bowl. Well, you are skipping something important, Julie. What am I skipping? We get yet another shot of the Dick Rocks. Yeah, yeah they start off on Dick Rock. You're right. They're just like, hey, Dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, because there's people are getting dicked in this episode. It was good. <gasps> Indeed. Oh, Indeed. We all just reacted like that was astute analysis, as though somehow <laughs> Andrew Davies had listened to the podcast in the future and knew that that we said dick rocks and associated it with somebody's getting fucked. Listen, <laughs> like, we know that we Daphne has superpowers and time travel really is does. one of them. Yeah. Time travel is in there. Totally. Yes, Daphne has superpowers. Anyway, uh, continue on. She Lizzie comes back from the dick rock, uh, back to the in where she's staying, which is called the bull, and the maid helpfully and very kindly runs out and is like, "Hey, hey, hey! Psst, psst, guess what? Mister Darcy's fucking in there waiting for you." Wink, 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 wink. And he brought somebody. Like she doesn't know that's his sister, right? That seemed a little bit weird to me. Oh no, she does because he said, "I would like to introduce you to my sister, and she'll be here tomorrow." Yeah, she knows. Oh, no, the, the maid, maid, the maid specifically says there are three people to see you, Mom, two gentlemen and a lady. What One of them is Mr. Darcy. Yeah, so so yes. she's real excited about Darcy. So Lizzie goes in, and it's Darcy, doy, and doy. his sister, looking lovely, Georgiana, is that her name? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, 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 golden retriever, Bingley's there. <laughs> <laughs> He really was in like full GT he, mode, man. He came in golden retriever hard. Yeah. Like he bound through the door like he was after a wet tennis ball. <laughs> he was like, hi, good to see you. How are you? How's your family? How's he everybody? Was Everyone good? so happy to see her. And God. you know why? Because he is still fucking in love with Jane Bennett and cannot suppress it. Yeah, he says, there. He, he's like, your sister's? 
Crispin Bonham Carter is maybe not the subtlest of performers, but there's something about it that's very endearing. It's like it it's like Mr. Bingley is also not particularly subtle. And it, it just really works when he's like, So your sisters are still at home then? All all of all your of si- them? all of them? Did any of them maybe get married? Nope, and no married Lizzie sisters. Does it. Lizzie does and that he's hilarious thing. panting like a yeah. golden retriever. Yeah. Yeah. And then can Lizzie does that interject? hilarious. Yeah. Can I just interject? Yeah. When he says, may I summon him, talking about Bingley, he turns around and this linen coat that a lot of them have, which is just beautiful, which has this flow, goes whoosh. <laughs> and I just thought, I just died. <laughs> I was like, that's like a cape. That's like superhero. I'm bringing in Bingley. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Neil was obsessed with all the men's linen coats and stuff, oh, and he, yeah. he talked a lot about the linen They're dresses too. So beautiful! It is. I love linen. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, and so like, and then it was good linen, which doesn't wrinkle easily. Anyway. Uh, well, and so when uh, Bingley was like, Bing was like, "Hey, so uh, your family's good? You know, I really enjoyed. I saw you eight months ago. Eight months to the day. Here's the day. Here's, Here's the, the day. day I talked to you. Remember? Yeah. It was so great. We danced. And Lizzie did that hilarious, that baller thing where she's like, "All my sisters, but one." Like she's gonna fuck with him just a little, just a little bit of fuck. Right, and he knew the exact date, oh yeah, or something. Oh yeah. So it's been eight months, thirteen days, twelve hours, and fourteen minutes since I last saw Jane. You, you. Jane, you, you, you. All right. So we now know that Bingley definitely still loves Jane, and now we really know that Darcy super loves Lizzie. Well, because he brought his Bingley. He brought his sister, but also he thought that Jane wasn't good enough to associate with Bingley. And by bringing Bingley with him and like reintroducing them as acquaintances, that's connecting them in a way they were not before. Mm -hmm. And he said that was the happiest time he'd ever had. Yeah. Yeah. And then Darcy introduces Lizzie to his sister. And this is a big step. And I have a costuming note here because it's so fucking good. This entire episode, women match each other throughout. It's like matched sets of people who are in in league with each other. So here you have Lizzie meeting Georgiana uh, Darcy for the first time, and they both have this beautiful seafoam green colors on. Like Georgiana's clothes are obviously nicer and fancier because she's more wealthy, but she's got this beautiful bonnet with the seafoam green and everything are like light values of seafoam for both of them and it's really cool because now looking back over this whole series which i never really watched through a lens of caring about costuming before they are going out of their way every single fucking time to remind you that women have to women have to be together they're either forced or chosen women have to be on this on a team together i didn't catch the color theme but what i wrote down was the silk in um georgiana's hat which comes up i don't know if it happened in previous episodes but this just grabbed my this is one of those like sort of iridescent fabrics where they've woven brown with baby blue or a light blue Mm -hmm. and you're you keep seeing one color another like almost a hologram Mm -hmm. and i was dying over this silk later they get to the snooty sisters and they're wearing it all over their bodies but and they're all in just, orange. Remember, they, yes. they match, too. So it happens throughout this episode where it's right. two or more women wearing the same 
like yeah. thing. And then, but that's silk. That's and all then, there is. And then they're like, it, then their engagement too, their conversation where they're just both like, I've heard about you. I've heard about you. You're great. You're great. We're great. I wrote syrup. Yeah. <laughs> it was very sweet though, because they were happy to meet each other and it was very polite and it was very nice. And now Lizzie has a little bit of a little bit more intel into Darcy because his sister seems very nice. Well, and, so and like, she also says, I should have liked to have a sister. Uh -huh. um, and the way she says it, you can tell it's like, well, you know, my brother talks about you a lot. It's like, can we be life friends? I want to be life I think friends. I, just, right. I think you're great. <laughs> I think you're pretty great. And he thinks you're great. Oh, my God. Are we going to be? And you're going to so take care of me really well in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, at this point, I have to drop in my first note from the, from the chat. Uh, and this is that when they were. The uh, the crowdcast viewers also clocked the matching um, mm -hmm. seafoam green Spencers. Um, and Monica was in the chat trying to remember what they were called. Um, <laughs> and before Keenan could helpfully say Spencers, she said, you know, what are they called? Those Regency Boleros. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they are. It is what they are. Or shrugs with buttons. Shrugs. shrugs it really buttons. made me laugh. Oh uh, God, and then awesome. I can transition us into our next scene. Please be do. Because Emily's joke, the next thing I have written down, is... Darcy simping for Lizzie makes me want to cry. <laughs> oh, man. Because it opens with, we get a couple of the gazes, but it opens with one of them. Now that's the one. Ooh, but see, I, the, <laughs> one, I. the one when he's turning pages is the uh, one that really gets me. But they're both great. Um, plus wait, that who's one, turning pages? At the end of the scene when Lizzie is turning pages for Jordan. Oh, oh right. right. Yeah. No. Um, but this is, it's, they're very similar. Um, and he is just gazing at her with worship and adoration and like she's heaven on earth as she plays Voike Sapete, which is a very famous song and plays on the piano. And she looks beautiful and she sounds beautiful. And he is just smitten, just like he can't. Oh. He's just beside him. I tell you, this is where <laughs> This is where I got it. You withhold smiles from that man for four episodes, and then you give me a sixteenth of an inch of a smile, and I died. I fucking died. <laughs> like you, I like it's like it shocked me. I was like, oh, he's smiling. What the oh fuck my is god! That? And his he got like one side of his lip went down immeasurably, and his chin fucking quivered and his <laughs> his his lips were just you know and he was almost teary-eyed and i was like oh they got me i'm 12 i yeah. just <laughs> i can't i've rewound that scene so many times i re i watched it then i rewatched it with my daughter and then i rewatched it with my husband and my daughter and me and every time i'm like I, my family's like stop rewinding that <laughs> <laughs> and you're like get out you're like he yeah. shows one of his two dimples kind of shows itself. <laughs> it's amazing. And this is when they're at Pemberley, correct? Yes. Fuck After it. dinner. So the uh, sisters, quote unquote, we've got Lizzie and Georgiana. So Georgiana Darcy and Lizzie Bennett at the piano. This is when Darcy is giving her the old eye. And you know what? You know who can't stand it? You know who likes to yuck another person's yum? Duh. Yum. Fucking Caroline Bingley. She's an asshole. She's going to come in hot in her orange turban. Real hot. You know, I've always said that, like, that, that in that era, the only real skill that women had was 
either you know manipulation or charm mm -hmm. in order in order to arrange big things in society right well that woman had it and didn't know when to stop like she didn't she have thought the she skill. was doing the right thing she thought that darcy mm -hmm. agreed with her until the very end yeah. and that's what makes it so awesome yeah is because she, she truly believes and agrees with her yeah. then she gets surprised again the next time she tries it she really didn't have a limit <laughs> this is what comes from never checking other news sources because yes. <laughs> maybe if caroline bingley had looked at more than just the headline she might have eventually realized that this was much more complicated than she anticipated and so this woman that she claims to dream of as a sister uh, who she who she wishes would marry her brother and she wishes she would marry her brother and you get my that she was actively wounding her as she yeah. was like oh that must be hard on your family those sluts that right. must be really hard and oh well what about mr wickham is he gone too lizzie remember you thought he was so fucking hot and lizzie i have a question here though yeah do you think that Caroline Bingley has any knowledge None. of Georgiana? None. Okay. That's, so and that's, that's established in the book. Mm -hmm. Like, for sure, she has no... The people who know are Wickham and the lady whose name I don't remember. Miss, Mrs. Young. Cannot believe I just pulled that off. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Young and um, uh, Fitzwilliam. And then I think that's about it. Right? Like nobody else, and Caroline herself, obviously. Because. So you think Caroline does know? Does not. No. Uh -huh. No. Because Georgiana, only sorry. In, only in retrospect did I think that it was a sign of intimacy that he would have told Lizzie about that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's. Um, she is the only person. And the letter is considerably long. <laughs> as you might guess, because he was so mad. Uh, the letter was considerably longer in the book, and that's one of the things that addresses, he says, you know, this is something, I, a story I would not tell in any other circumstance, but I believe you deserve to know the truth. And um, he trusts her. And he mm -hmm. trusts her, yeah. He trusts in her good character, that she would not mm -hmm. reveal it to anyone. So yes, not only does Lizzie know, Lizzie knows that Georgiana does not know. Um, not sorry, that Caroline does not know. Mm. Right. He's so understated that just telling her that she can't perceive it on the moment. But that was just a gigantic leap in his like, you know, passion for her that he would tell her this. Mm -hmm. Well, she she repays him in this episode. Yeah. And in this and in this moment, too, as like, you know, uh, uh, Miss Bingley then says, uh, you know, something about Wickham and then Georgiana like has the stop. She falters. Yeah. And and also Darcy's like everyone's eyes go fuck. What? Yeah, Venom. And then, you know, uh, Lizzie goes off and says, hey, I'm neglecting you. Let's be, you know, let's be chill. Like, I, I got you. And he obviously knows she knows. And this is where his gaze got me. I didn't want to talk yeah. about it until we talked about this moment. Because, That's like, the one that gets me. Because, like, his, he, I, he didn't, do, he didn't do shit and he did everything. And it was mm -hmm. just like, it, like, shook me. It was so impressive to see him, like, simultaneously be extremely concerned recognize that Lizzie is still trying to protect him and Ger Georgiana and then be back to smitten with her. It was, and it was all in like a breath. It was so impressive. Well, it's, you can somehow, you can sense that there's that this already potent cocktail of thoughts and feelings that they had <laughs> added to it. Gratitude. Yeah. Um, because she's so kind 
to this young woman who is very, and they go into more detail in this in the bank as well, but who is um, socially awkward, uh, who is pretty reserved, um, who obviously went through something terrible um, and has a lot of complicated feelings about that. And Lizzie recognizes instantly what's happening and her choice here specifically deflects all of the attention from from what any questions that might be asked about why Georgiana reacted the way she did. Because instead it's just, oh, I wasn't helping you Turning turn the page. pages. Mm -hmm. I should be helping you. How thoughtless of me. And that way she's a, she can save face and recover and sort of put a stop to the questions. So, of course, he looks at her that way. Like, the person he loves most in the world that isn't Lizzie Bennet is his sister. And she goes out of her way to be kind and considerate and um, generous when she could very easily just let it ride, right? And honestly, that would have been worse for Miss Bingley. If it had gotten more awkward, it would have been worse for Miss Bingley. And instead, Lizzie diffuses it. I love this scene so much. Can you tell? Mm -hmm. Yes, I felt like that was the moment that, that it was locked in, that he was going to ask her again to marry him. Because it was this, th there was no hesitation. He, she knew without thinking, sure, what Georgiana need, but she knew without thinking what Darcy needed at that moment. Mm -hmm. And it, she, it was reflex, and he was just looking at her like, okay, not just hearts and whatever else, but our minds are in sync. Mm -hmm. And um, and then following that is the I is it maybe the longest fucking scene of eye contact that's ever happened in entertainment ever? Yeah, they <laughs> just look at each other a lot. And it wasn't awkward. But I can't, but, you know, on the rewatch, I was like, how long is this? <laughs> well, that's contact? because they're not showing you the two sisters and Mr. Hurst being like, what? What? Why are they? Yeah. Well, Mr. Hurst, Mr. Hurst isn't paying attention. He's slowly passing out on the couch. Yeah, he's passed out on the couch. <laughs> yeah, we're he's gonna have my, some maybe good. My favorite character in the whole. Show. <laughs> we're gonna have some good. We're gonna have some good slack jokes about old Mr. Hurst. There, those are. Oh, I love him to death. Yeah, I think in this scene too is my candidate for um, the elder. What? What's the shade category? What's the sickest burn Aspen. category? Aspen. Yeah, Aspen My Aspen factor. is right here, and it's when Caroline Bingley first stands up and says, I hear the militia left Hertfordshire. That must be such a great loss Fucking to your bitch. family. <laughs> and the that is just stone cold. The meanest of mean girls. Stone cold, your sisters are sluts. Yeah. That's it. That's all she just said. That's yeah. what she said. Well, and don't you think she was always throwing in, also throwing in there that that um, Lizzie had been into Wickham? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. oh, yeah. she's totally. throwing yes. off Darcy's attention, and oh yeah, um, she's trying everything. Well, and, and so this was because after this scene, we then we start getting closer to the drama because there's obviously then as they're leaving and Darcy's just like, I can't wait for you to come back, gaze. Um, but I kept, I could, I, all I could think during this moment and and the beginning of this episode was. What's going to go wrong? Everything's so great. I'm so happy for them. They found each other. Well, they're, they, the next scene we see is the rich people at tea after Lizzie has left. And right. the teapot is really cool. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Sometimes set dressing just really gets to me. But it's like a really tall cylindrical teapot with a little round bottom. And it looks like a dick and balls. Nice. And he just Perfect. picks it up and pours tea out of it. And I'm like, all right. Very, very nice. Very on brand. I love it. And this is when Darcy's like... I don't give a fuck what you say to me, yes. to Caroline. Like, That's he right. just is like, bye. 
Well, yeah. it's like this is the one quibble I have with uh, the really wonderful actress who plays Caroline Bingley, whose name I'm gonna Ginny. Will you look that name up for me? So yes. I can just keep talking. Duck face. Duck face. Um, from Four Weddings and a Funeral, right? Um, <laughs> she's and she's very good. But I have a little bone to pick here because I have always read this scene as being Caroline Bingley at this point already knows she's lost, but she cannot help herself. Like she's so pissed that this isn't happening for her that she just can't stop needling him. And here the scene plays a little bit like she's um, like she's just being mean as opposed to having like a temper tantrum, which is and she knows she should stop talking, but she just keeps pushing him until he finally the line in the book is something an answer that was she finally gets the answer she wanted, which was satisfying to no one, including herself um, <laughs> when he's like, oh, no, that was only when I first met her because and actually this might be my pick for Aspen Tree. That was only when I first met her. It has been many months now since I've considered her one of the handsomest women of my acquaintance. <laughs> Whoosh! And then he deuces out. And again, know? she looks shocked. How many times has she been here? And she goes, whoa! No, mm. I agree. It's like she's drowning and still flapping all her wi- all her limbs, and this isn't going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, the actress's name is Anna Chancellor. Yeah. Anna Chancellor. Right. Anna Chancellor, yeah. a.k.a. Duckface. A.k.a. Duckface, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. I thought um, I didn't realize I'm now catching on. Sorry, yeah. Janine Slow. That is uh, not. That is a, a movie that some of the youths may not have heard of. Yeah, um, the youths. Yeah, the youths. It's the uh, like peak um, Hugh Grant when everybody was trying to make him a straight laced romantic lead. When really Hugh Grant is at his most Hugh Granty now. Uh, when he can. When he can be. Um, Weirdo character actor, like wild um, and playing with his image and all kinds of stuff. Anyway. um, Four weddings and a funeral. uh, Yes. Four weddings and a funeral. Anyway, she's in that. She is very good in it. And her character's Mm -hmm. name is Duckface. And so is Simon Cowell. Yes. Um, So Darcy has now said Lizzie's handsome. And he's now made it clear that he's into her, dude. He's yeah. he's he's going for this gutter trash, and there's nothing that Caroline can fucking do about it. Yeah. <laughs> so and you can tell because he he he's he getting, chooses his green jacket. Yes, he's getting ready, obviously very nervously, right? Like he's, he's got like, no, this yes, like, no, <laughs> yep, okay. Uh, and then he goes, no, the no, 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 the green one. And you know That's what? Fine. Oh, good choice. Um, the j- green jacket. Yes. Yes. I think this was the first time Neil said something about dude costumes. Oh, it's he looks so fucking good. And, and he's on like, a horse again. Oh my god! It, it's, he just I knows think how to get mounted, man. <laughs> Janine, how fucking dare you? I oh, did not so expect our first nice. pegging joke of the episode to come from Janine. <laughs> Me neither. You'd be surprised how often that comes up. In over under, over under, Allison Shoemaker for life. <laughs> I do like a pegging joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's really true. Um, so he's looking tight, just tight, hot as shit. He gets on his fucking white steed. No, 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 no lie. I'm sorry, but did we skip the part where he's getting dressed and he says the green one? No, we talked about that. We <sighs> talked we about how he picked back, the green jacket. This, <laughs> this is the most important scene in the whole damn episode for me. <laughs> All right, all right. Go respect. on, please. Okay. Go this on. is because I'm pretty sure. I mean, probably it's obvious that he's going to propose to her again before he gets hit by all this stuff, right? 
of because course, it got locked right. in at the piano and they show him saying this is what i want to wear i want to do that i want to do that and he's giving a shit about what he's wearing because he's about to propose to her and it just fucking broke my heart because i didn't catch it to like the third the second rewatch that's a great point right that mm -hmm. guy is going to propose i just my heart just died when i finally realized that on this the third time around that's awesome. And if you, if, so yeah, no wonder he's so fucking nervous. best costume yeah. thing comes up at the end, it's whatever the fuck he was wearing when he picks up the green <laughs> jacket. Because remember, he's like, no, 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 the green one. The green one. Yeah. The green one. Lizzie, Lizzie yeah, will like so awesome. the green one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I didn't pick up on this, and you're right. Like, that's what he was about to do. He was going there to fucking. Make it on the yeah. important scene. Oh, yeah, I died. It's, um, and there'll be there'll be more about that. We'll, we will learn additional context for this scene in the next episode without okay. spoiling anything for you, Janine. We we learn more about what we see um, from Darcy's point of view. And we learn yeah. we learn more about what melted me into a thirteen year old again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'd say that like that scene of him picking out his shit and like being like, I'm going to fucking do this awesome stuff. I have a mission is just the precursor for the rest of the episode for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why yeah, I yeah, just yeah. kept singing his fucking montages. Something's going to come up that he has to deal with before he can reach yeah. his goal. He's fucking so making that's some shit really happen. all it is. Yeah. So he puts on his fucking smoking green jacket, gets on his white steed and rides into town to go to the Bull Inn. <laughs> to see if he can go a knock in on Lizzie's door and as Jen rightfully pointed out probably propose when he arrives all is in chaos Lizzie has received two very upsetting letters from Jane that it turned out she had my guess is she was crying and it smeared like because she talks about how the address was all fucked up I think I've always pictured it as being that her hand was shaking because one of them in particular the address was and it's the one the, the one that she wrote first mm -hmm. um, the one that got interrupted so I think her, I've always interpreted it I like yours a lot too Julie but as her hand was shaking so much that she couldn't write the address basically letter one got delayed so letter two one and letters one and two arrive at the same time and mm -hmm. she opens the first one first and it's, it's Jane is like, oh, you know, the weather's fine. Me, Mom's crazy. I'm just sad. Mom keeps whining about things. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. I've got I've to go What's eat dinner. That? I'll be right back. What's Something's, that? What's oh. going on? Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia's just giving it away. <laughs> She's giving it away for free. For free. <laughs> for free. Oh, um, hey, Bob, and I mean, it's... Yeah, <laughs> it's it is upsetting. So basically, letter one is Lydia ran off with Wickham. Uh, we think to Scotland. We don't know. But we're a little worried because Colonel Foster says that he's not sure that Wickham is a man to be trusted. To which I say, you tell us now, <laughs> Colonel Foster. <laughs> what is it that you know? When did you, I, what did you know? And when did you know it? These are things that people deserve to know. Why yes. did you yet let that girl hang or out with that old creep? Is that Colonel Foster just like covering his own ass, going like, "Oh For yeah, sure. no, he's a dick." Well, I, yes, I am. Dick him. I, I am. Know. Uh, I am playing at a lack of future knowledge here. We do actually find out what Colonel Foster thought oh, later. See, the but. reason I the reason I I can sense that is because that's what everybody in this fucking thing does. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's a dick." I don't know him. He's a. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I always said he was a dick. That's a reasable a assumption. So that's what I want to put in there is that it's always Scotland. 
in the Jane Austen books. It's just like, and he took her to Scotland. Like that's the escape place. Once they're over that border, it's just fucking over. We'll never. Well, Listen, that's, that a, that's is, how I feel um, about Scotland. I'd fucking escape there. I'd love it. it this is a long. I don't know the ins and outs on this specifically, um, but it was like getting married in Vegas. You that's see, exactly people right. go to specifically yeah. Gretna yeah. Green mm-hmm. in Scotland to get hitched in a lot of period literature. Exactly. Um, not just Austin and it, mm. not just books that were written uh, in, in earlier century. If you're writing contemporary fiction or if you're writing a book now that happens to be set certainly Regency, but through a long stretch of time, people will go, go to Gretna Green and that means they really want a bone. So they're getting married. Right, it's the, it's the shorthand for just, it's all over. And and there, and we'll never find them. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's the wilderness. Um, and then what? What is it? And then we get the backstory. So we see it from Jane's perspective as she's telling the story through the letters, and we're at Longbourn, so we get to see Mister Bennett finally get fucking stressed out about something. Yeah, dick bag in his Scrooge cap. Oh Jesus. yeah, he and that's that was my next note. Fucking here's your head. Here's your headgear for your sleeping robe. Well, and shirt. I just love that thing. Jesus. And they they do these sort of montages to tell a story like real quickly. Mm-hmm. But that look from Mister um, Bennett when he looks at Kitty and the one <laughs> eyebrow goes up. It's so. Oh, yeah. It's so. It's edited without any kind of fluidity, and he's just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks really. Yeah. Well, that's because Kitty, first of all, who's wearing a righteous nightgown, mm-hmm. um, yes. it's righteous. She uh, looks surprisingly unsurprised yeah. by this shocking development. <laughs> and then Sir in his nightcap and his gown. <laughs> and then the second letter, Jane, sorry, Lizzie opens the second letter to read it and finds out, oh, things went from bad to worse real fast. They are indeed not married they did not they go to Gretna Green. They never went to, went to Gretna Green. And you are ruined. So that means this old man has kidnapped your baby sister. And it's, oh, it's curtains for you, Bennett sisters. This, <laughs> this is about where I, uh, I, I think I was saying Amber Alert. Amber yeah, Alert. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, someone, someone in the Slack, and I, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't remember who it was because this, this was a great point. Uh, that Amber Alert in, Reg- in Regency, that means, oh, that'd be an excellent marriage. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, this is also a point at which we've got another good line here. This was from Tori. Um, Tori said, It's Regency. Don't go with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, like, it's obviously a calamitous event for the Bennett family because they already, as Lizzie is well aware, uh, because Mr. Darcy so helpfully told her, like a man on the internet. Um, <laughs> Already told her that, like, the Bennett's uh, Mm -hmm. damaged goods because your mom is such a mess and because Kitty and Lydia are such a mess and because your dad isn't handling any of it and Mary is just a drag. But you (laughs) and Jane are fine. So we're already there. But now, not, and it's not just that Lydia has run off with a man. That would be bad enough. That would already be, in Lizzie's mind, disqualifying this relationship can never happen because he is so... Invested in his own character and so 
high standing uh, in social circles and financial circles that he absolutely cannot associate with a family of low character, which is what this will make all of them. And that would be true even if it weren't Wickham. Like, even if he could get past that, this is essentially his blood enemy. So he right. would have to be related to his blood enemy. And he comes strolling through the door in that fucking hot coat, ready to just, like, get on one knee. He's, like, thumbing the finger in his pocket, right? Uh, the ring in his pocket. He's just like, oh, I got this, baby. But then do you know what he does, which is so radical? He just fucking sits down and listens except to me. First, it's so sexy. Except first, and I'm okay with this, and I have to, I, I've decided later I should do some self-introspection. <laughs> He comes in and she says, I have to go. And he's like, no, I'll send them. And she's like, no, I have to go. And he actually physically actually, put, and she rolls her eyes like, Jesus Christ. But he's right. But it's totally non-consensual. But oh, what yeah. I, he does sit but her down. But what I wondered yeah. later, because then, then he just moves straight into this caretaking. I'm going to fix everything. And sexy is, I told this maid half of the sentence and now she's going to finish it for me. And I know she will because our minds are locked. You know, <laughs> he says mm -hmm. they went toward the, and she's like the garden or whatever. The church. The church. The church. Yeah. He turns into this sort of fixing every problem. And I just, this is when I realized he was going to propose to her. Is he already in husband mode is what I was wondering. Mm. Yeah. Is he just taking That's care what of all it the shit? Like. Well, he definitely, mm -hmm. I mean, he, thinks that she's about to pass out mm. and she's in obvious distress mm. and he has to call a doctor mm. so maybe he thinks she is actually unwell oh yeah no he definitely 100 percent think because it's it's, it's hard drastic, to like, tell on the screen but in the book and back they make it really clear um that all of the color is drained from her face she's sort of wobbling in midair because this is cataclysmic. So he sits her down and he asks if he can get her some brandy and he asks if he should call a doctor because he doesn't know. Colin Firth is so good in this scene. I think this is, oh, we'll talk so about later. I think this scene. is a Jennifer Ely episode um, because she's so, also so fucking good. But he obviously does not know what has put her in this state, but knows it has to be bad. So he is waiting to find out who died. Like, is the, is Jane dead? Is this, is one of your other sisters dead? Did your father die? Like, what has happened? And he touches her. They sit crazy. down and he puts both of his hands over her hand. And that's freaking crazy in this show. That might be the only time, even spoiler later, is I don't think he actually ever touches her again. And is there's no gloves, there's right? No this gloves. is, this on is hand on hand. Skin on skin. And yes, and then she glances skin down and he removes one hand, and then she glances down again and he removes the other hand. It's it's so subtle. I had to rewind that to go, oh my god, he touched her and play it again. And it's so <laughs> subtle. And it was because they never ever touch. I don't know. I was thinking about this compared to Outlander with all the fucking sex and how beautiful it is and how big my heart like raced when he put one hand on her. And I thought, yeah. you know, if you make this so that everything's there about to explode at every moment and he touches her once, that's almost, I'm not going to say that. That's so almost orgasmic. Not yes. Good. I, it's not as good. Nothing's that good. But it's almost as intense. <laughs> As a sex scene in Outlander, I was really interested in my... I swear to God, I was just exploding. I was exploding. <laughs> I There's it. a well, lot more is, for your brain to do. This is the the hand flex, right? And we will talk mm -hmm. about this when we talk mm -hmm. about Joe Wright's right, right, right. But that's like that's the moment that people remember mm -hmm. from that one. Um, because it's just like all of that pent-up energy. It's so fucking... Oh. Anyway, he's very concerned for her. 
My uh, big line in this scene that really broke my heart was when Lizzie just clearly looks at him and says, I know nothing can be done. And it's just the lack of any kind of hope and just like, I, if I, Lizzie, I understand you, girl. I understand. And you. he's such an idiot that he doesn't know to put her at ease about it. He's like, I'm brooding. I'm internally solving this problem. I look right. Well, and then his his line that he comes out with is like, I, I think you've, you've probably wanted me to leave for a moment, right? And so I'm going to get out. I'm so bye. And he's like, she's like, oh, son of a. But what she Ooh, says no, is, yes, he, please. Dumbass. But he also <laughs> says, I believe this unfortunate incident will prevent you from seeing my sister at Pemberley today. And what he is doing is very obviously letting her off the hook, saying like, hey, you're supposed to come to my house. I know that that's not going to be possible. So I'm just going to like acknowledge that so it's one less thing for you to worry about. But she obviously takes it as, uh, well, I'm, gr I'm gracefully uninviting you. Yeah. Um, and that... It's this whole scene to me, it's so beautiful, but it's all about miscommunication, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. all about he is obviously planning something, and we see him put his plan into action, but she views it as he's trying to get away from her as fast as possible, right? Like, they're just he is do he is already planning to try to fix this, and she interprets his urgency as, um, as disgust at being around her, which is so sad. Mm -hmm. It's all about miscommunication. It's all about the things that they are saying and not saying and what it prevents them from understanding. I fucking hate that Three's Company shit. I've always hated it. <laughs> like a big misunderstanding in all these different directions. Yeah. It's, um, well, because she, there's not, in Lizzie's mind, there's no real misunderstanding. She just truly thinks that her life is over and that this guy can't touch her because she stinks now and that's but it. Really, yeah, so I can but really what he's it's a trauma response. But really what he's doing is planning yeah. the solution. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. No, I know that. But what I'm saying is is that in her mind there is no solution so there would not be anything for him to do so it makes complete and total sense that he's just leaving her here. Would and then she says goodbye to him like it's goodbye forever. And somehow she did that, like in that one goodbye. Obviously, she has the follow up line, but like yeah. she didn't need it. The one goodbye she said, that she killed it. It you was know, so on point. You know who wouldn't so have felt the need to include that extra line? Larry. Emma, Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's a perfectly good Shame. line. It's a good Shame. line. She delivers it beautifully. It is a line from the mm. book. It's yeah. just like, it is it, it's <laughs> totally appropriate. I was thinking of Leary um, in whatever episode it was where they take the, like, Jamie leaves and she's like, and your love. When she just adds on that shit. <laughs> and, and your yeah. love. But the way she said it, it was just kind of like straight up. Yeah. I'm never going to see you Much again. better than Leary. Yeah. Um, and then we're with the gardeners. They're trying to get out of town as fast as possible. Because like they're, they're loading the truck. They're great people. They and she tells good. them what is going on. And they're like, yeah, let's fucking go. Mr. Gardner is like, you know what? Yes, I will pause my vacation and uh, just go to London to look for my least favorite niece. <laughs> <laughs> and... Her shitty boyfriend. That is how much I love this family because of what it will do to the rest of my nieces. <laughs> Where it's mm -hmm. like, I guess somebody has got to do something. It should be me. They try to figure him out in that carriage, in that little scene where they're packing up. The gardeners and Lizzie try to figure out Wickham's psychology. And I'm like, yeah. good luck. 
he's just you know. I mean, that's all there is to it. In, um, this is made more explicit in the book, although I do, I'm sorry, in the month, but I do think that you see some of it here. The gardeners are also trying to figure out what's going on with Lizzie and Darcy because they mm-hmm. went from thinking, oh, well, he's a dick and they hate each other to that doesn't seem like they hate each other to, I'm sorry, we're invited for <laughs> what now? To, <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. how intimate are, like, are they writing letter? They're trying to figure it out, but it's not polite to ask. So there's this whole thing in the book with Mrs. Gardner sending her these messages with these like hints in them. Um, throughout it would be this episode and the next where she's just sort of dropping hints and asking questions but she can't ask anything outright and at a certain point Lizzie just stops writing to her because she doesn't want to lie and so I love Mrs. Gardner that's awesome um, and then I wrote down a quote so we're back with Darcy and the Bingleys and yeah. Caroline says something about I hope you're not missing Miss Bennett and <laughs> fucking Darcy just goes what (laughs) (laughs) it's so loud and so strong I'm like oh and then he just does the fucking peace out I'm leaving the room thing (gasps) which I love him for yeah he just looks at her stands up and exits stage left goodbye he like then I wrote deuces Caroline yeah suffered no fool in that one he was like you're not even get to finish your fucking thought we're done I'm going Mm -hmm. someplace else I've already done my (laughs) longing thoughts about her in a different room I'm gonna do it again I'm so I have my plan. Yeah, and I'm going again, to London. Caroline Goodbye. looks shocked and confused. Like, just catch the fucking so weird. Haunted. You're right. <laughs> like, yeah. He Back doesn't off. want you. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we go back to Longbourn, and it will not be a surprise to anyone that. Hold on just a second. There's one yeah. incredibly important point we have to make because we won't get a chance to make it again. And it's yeah. that that last scene was the second of two Mr. Hurst scenes in this episode. Yes. And in both of them, he is just unconscious yeah. on a couch. Um, and like five people in the Slack said, tag yourself, I'm the guy on the couch, simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> like they all made the same joke. So I, so I think that means that Mr. Hurst has big 2020 energy. Oh, yeah. Because he's just unconscious while all of this is happening. Ooh, yeah. It was very funny. I That's couldn't funny. help but thinking, like, maybe he chose his wardrobe so that he would blend in with the couch <laughs> so he would forget that he had passed out. That's how he chooses all of his waistcoats. Yeah, he's like, yes. so where are we going? What house? What room will we be in? Oh, they have oh, a burgundy. Yes. Burgundy the pants. No, what? they were white pants, pants, and this is why I know is because there, oh, are very one, dis- yeah. there are very distinct moments through the episode when the seams on those pants fall very unfortunately. Um, around the junk of the men, you know? <laughs> and sometimes oh. it's great, and sometimes it's just, like, distracting is all it is. And his was <laughs> distracting, but the least distracting of all of those moments, and I'll continue to point those out, so let's keep going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we get back to Longbourn now. Uh, Lizzie and the gardeners have returned, and Lizzie runs in, and Jane is like, thank fucking God you're back, because I'm on my last fucking straw. And it won't be a surprise to anyone that the person who this has hit the hardest is not Lydia. No, no, no. Lydia doesn't ever feel hit by it. She's just in total la-la She doesn't at all. No, no. Mrs. Bennett, however, is in high fettle, just... Beside oh, herself. Good I love this moment when she says to her Attack. brother, they're just fluttering all over me. And she waves her hands all over the, her body, like down and up. It's so dramatic. 
She's so good. Janine, will you look up that actor's name? I always forget yeah. her name, and she's really the shit. Yeah. One thing I noticed in this scene that I'd never noticed in her kind of like, we know that she's a nervous person and a nervous, probably fainter. Did you guys see the collection of smelling salts yeah. by her chair? Yes. Well, Julie, you know what's funny is I wonder if maybe it's just because I too could use a large <laughs> collection of smelling salts, but I this was I've seen this so many times, and this was the first time I noticed. It looks it like too. a mini it's apothecary. Like, yeah, it's, just right there. There are like four or five boxes on the table, and then there's like. Like a makeup, like a caboodle <laughs> full of, yep. it's a caboodle full of smelling salts. It's basically yep. a caboodle full of cocaine. <laughs> yep. And mm -hmm. she's just. Uh, Allison Stedman. Yeah. God, Allison she's Stedman, so funny. A real one. You're fucking hilarious. My, um, my favorite Allison Stedman moment in this one, there, there are two. First of all, she just starts fantasizing about one of her family members dying again because she yeah. is she's into convinced that. that Mr. Bennett, who we've met, is going to get in a duel with Wickham. Right. That, like, <laughs> the odds of that happening are right on par with Mary suddenly developing a personality. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> unlikely. So that is one. But she's like, oh, he's going to die. He's going to die. And everyone's like, he's not. He's definitely not going to die. He's, he's not going to fight, Mom. He's, he won't do he's that. He's not going to. Like, that's he not. has and the you best can tell over in the world. He would never get into a duel. Never. And there are <laughs> two moments in this episode, not one, but two, where Jane looks something that could reasonably be considered annoyed. Mm -hmm. Right. It is like, oh, you know that you have gone too far when you've lost right. Jane Bennett. But this is one of them where she's like, mother. <laughs> yeah. Mother. Yes. Um, the other moment that I that I want to point out is that the reason Mrs. Bennett is so upset is because she's sure that this must have been Lydia against her will, or that it was that Mr. Foster or Colonel Foster shoved her into Wickham's path because she would never have done this on her own because she is not the sort of girl to do this sort of thing. And then oh. Keenan, lightning fast in the, in the comments, Keenan put narrator. She was exactly the girl to do this sort of thing. <laughs> I, I which say, is true. I feel like there's one more moment when Jane is is like that, which is coming. So I'll bring it up then. Yeah, no, that's the the second one is the one I'm talking no, there, about. I this think was just third. the first one. No, uh, there's only one in this scene. Oh, no, we're on the same that page. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah in that yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we're we're saying the exact okay, same thing. Got it. Jen. Got it. Uh, the other, my other moment is also okay. then. I'm with okay. you. I'm sure it's the same yeah, one. Yeah. Yes. So Lizzie obviously has to jump right into helping Jane deal with all the bullshit around the house. And uh, we see that. And then we see Darcy in a carriage that is moving so quickly that I thought it was a train for a second. Did, did you guys too. have that moment? I thought it was a train too. And I was like, what the fuck is he doing on a train? You know why? Because he has paid those men the finest gold to haul ass to London. When, he was like, like, give me four horses and a cart <laughs> and go. Yeah. When Jane Austen going. really wants to demonstrate that one of specifically her male love interests is doing the work, is like putting in the time and is worthy of love. She has them go in a carriage very fast. Yeah. Th this this happens in, off the top of my head, two other books, but nope, there are no, cause that definitely happens in Persuasion too. So three other books, I think no, and it happens in Emma. Fuck me! I I've unlocked the Jane right. formula. <laughs> you know that a dude is like you are right. Oh. Yeah, I sense and sensibility check. Yeah. 
uh, Persuasion check. Emma yeah. check. Pride and Prejudice check. Northanger Abbey check. Check. Mansfield Park? I don't think so. But you know what? Mansfield Park Fuck Mansfield sucks. Park. It sucks. <laughs> We're going to watch it, but it Ugh. sucks. It's the worst. That's, I've actually never seen an adaptation of Mansfield Park because why would I? Mm-mm. Well, there's no fucking so, horses. Oh, Darcy's there are horses. Sorry. Uh... Then we're back at Longbourn, and the family has gathered to talk it over, over the finest cheeses. Once again, look at this spread. Where's this money coming from? Once again, Allison's right. The money is getting spent. That doesn't mean it's coming back in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're talking about what this means for them. And, of course, Mary is just an asshole. (sighs) Where she's all like, well, you know what? A woman's reputation is a delicate, (laughs) beautiful thing. And everyone's like, Mary, you're on another planet. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's um, Mary, get out uh, of here. Misfortunes, we are told, are Ugh. meant to test our fortitude. I feel like she really should have really been blessings in disguise. I feel like just. Oh, yeah, but he didn't want her. You know why? Yeah. She's a dog. Well, you know, I got to say, there's a there's the source of a little bit of an issue with me in all of media, which is the boobs and the looks thing. If you're annoying, you're ugly. And if you're not, you're mm-hmm. pretty. And then I got to say, this is a detour. hope that's okay. Where, um... No, I'm sorry. We don't do sidetracks okay, okay, on this right. show. <laughs> okay, that's okay, a joke next. if you don't get it. <laughs> no, 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 no Jen, go on. It's our brand. I know. I, okay, rant. I'm going to rant. There's a thing about it. boobs in the world. So I'm, like, overly, just horribly endowed, ridic- like, miserably. And you grow up with friends going, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. But the fact is, if you look at all of um, the media, anytime there is like in major cinema or a TV show, a woman who's respectable, she's a B slash C cup. And the only time women have tits is when they're like specifically something related to having big tits. Like I'm a slut or I'm this, or I'm like hyper Dolly Parton, or I'm, um, Whatever, what's that role Julia Roberts played with the, they're called, right, they're called boobs, Ed, you know, that kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I saw the beginning of the show and I was like, what? They're taking the most respectable characters and they're giving them all boobs, which is really unusual. And so either the casting people decided to be blind to that, which is unusual, or somebody really liked big tits and then put in these, like, you know, these stacked characters. Someone is Andrew Davies. Right. So Mary is the... He knows what people want. So Mary's the only one with a flat chest. And I got to say, now we're in reverse Uh, order. I'm kind of pissed off. Like, you gave them all big tits. And now the one woman (laughs) who's just, like, no personality, no passion, no goodness, has no tits. It drives me nuts this this sort of approach to this it almost seems like the game is rigged the no, matter what, rigged huh? no matter what well i know the patriarchy i do think that that some of this and we'll get into this more when we do our costumes episode um because friend of the show keenan caldwell is going to be one of our nice. guests and she obviously knows nice. shit um so i think some of that is just style uh-uh. right like <laughs> sorry sorry, I'm sorry. Not personal style, the way the you dress is laid out. The make style Mary of... look like Lizzie. It's impossible. There's no, oh, no way. No, 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 no. She's talking mm-hmm. about boobs. No, I'm talking about like th- the style of the gowns. Yeah, like, you're right. Mary does wear a completely right. different there's, style there's of there's gown. No right. Hers comes cleavage, up to yeah. here. 
So yeah. for all we know, that actress is also a beer or a C cup. We don't know, but but Mary and I do, and I totally agree with you in terms of the way that we're ex- taught to expect like big but not too big. Well, I think curvy but not too I curvy. I think Lizzie was a D cup in my opinion. Well, they're looking great. Right. The but I understand is, what you're they saying. They look great. It's just that if you look back at look back at any other sort of majorly respected Regency era thing, they don't have they aren't that they just aren't that big for all across the board. You know, like Lizzie, Jane, Lady I don't know. I, I'm kind of with Allison on this. It's not so much the boobs as it is the undergarments and the way the dresses are built. And mm-hmm. yes, Mary does not wear the same type of dresses because she's not Lizzie. She and was Jane. an A. I do but, think she does but, have a sort of um, like it, it does fall into that sort of Roald Dahlian. Well, all of the people we're not supposed to like are real uggos. Dower. Right. Yeah, um, but. You know, that's certainly, and also we're meant to believe that Charlotte Lucas is also plain, and obviously that woman is lovely. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Um, you know, uh, but sure. she also wears higher neck gowns. Right. And Mary's mm-hmm. in particular, though, are like, <sighs> like her necklines are higher than yeah. Mrs. Yeah, I mean, and even there, I feel like my argument could stand, which is that they put her in costumes that downplayed her, downplayed her bust, you know, and they put no makeup on her, and they gave her a little bit of acne, and they made her look sort of yellow, and I feel like they always associate lack of beauty, like the beautiful people are the ones you like, and the ugly ones are the annoying people, or, you know, the girls that nobody wants to go for, unless they're the ones who are going to take off their glasses and their bun, and then, like, become sexy halfway through the movie, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that true. Well, in this case, this would be on Jane Austen and not Andrew Davies because Mary is Ugly. In, in the book. She is the one who is not ever going to get married. The yeah. rest of them are all like Jane right. is the prettiest, um, but all the Bennett girls are pretty except for Mary, who is right. not. And and Jane Austen specifically writes that Mary, because she knows she is not handsome, as they say, that's part of why she has nine million hobbies because she's like, well, if I can't be the pretty one, I'm going to be the most accomplished one i'm going to be the one who's the best at this and this and this and also i'm going to be the one who's incredibly dour and tight ass uh-huh. right like she she gonna, would choose the i'm gonna own my she i'm would, gonna own my yeah yes that's true because i'm gonna own my that's true because in an earlier episode there's this moment where Lizzie says something like, yeah, if we can't get men, we should, we can all be philosophical or some, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, I'm with you. It pushed a button. It's not one that I suffer from. Cause I, you know, you know, but I feel like I'm not trying to be a movie star, so I don't really give a shit, <laughs> but it, but it is a thing. <laughs> it is a thing, you know, where if, if you have big boobs, your personality has something to do with your big boobs, right. As opposed to them just mm-hmm. being a part of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't me complaining about me, but that really was standing out to me in her sort of flat chested business and her bad makeup and just, just drab. <laughs> and then this was, I can't remember if I was talking about all the sisters at breakfast or if it was just Jane and Lizzie, I think it was just Jane and Lizzie together. This time their costumes are almost identical. Mm-hmm. Like, remember how we talked about how there was that last time there was the one with the larger print and then Jane was wearing the smaller print. This time they are almost like exactly identical. So that's definitely a clue to sisterhood and where they are together. And then 
Lydia's letter shows up by express post. This is the letter episode. Um, we skipped a couple things. Go on. Um, so first of all, uh, we get our other moment where Jane is annoyed, which is here oh, yeah. with Mary, um, where she's just like, Mary, pass the potatoes. <laughs> and you <Yes>. know, <laughs> you know when you're in your up shit creek, when Jane, Jane Bennett is like, would you shut the fuck up and just deal with this buds? <laughs> like she just, she cannot, she simply cannot, um, cannot handle it at all. Uh, and that is when, when they get the next letter, which is the please go to London letter. So, Allison, is that our agreement on the yes. on the next burn by Jane? Oh, yeah. Pass the fucking potatoes. Yeah. Would you shut yes. up and pass the goddamn potatoes? Mary, pass the potatoes. Um, and then who is it? it? It's Mr. Gardner that writes that letter or is it? No. Yes. The, yeah. There's a they get a letter saying that Mr. Bennett is coming back. Yeah, okay. Mr. Gardner writes a letter saying that Mr. Bennett is coming back. So Mrs. Gardner leaves, um, mm -hmm. and they know that Mr. Bennett is going to be returning. Also, at some point in here, we sort of blew oh, past right. this, but Jane tells Lizzie the whole skinny on what went down, like when Colonel Foster showed up and how everyone reacted and all of that. Um, and that's when Lizzie is like, listen, Jane, don't you get it? Like, we're never going to get fucked. <laughs> Like yeah. that's what this means. Like we're done. We're done. So do you not get that? And Jane is like, I don't understand what's happening. I'm a puppy dog. James, what? A, James what? always like, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I've accepted that. I, I pushed it down. I pushed it Didn't down. Didn't you see when I did that last week? It's, I'm fine. I've swallowed this. It's gone. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so sad. But this is also when they are in their jammies again. And it's the two of them once again, having lovely sister time. Um, or this might just be in the like parlor because I know the sister time later is where she's drying her hair by the fire and I think that's a separate scene, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so they're just hanging out and then Lizzie fires one at Charlotte Lucas for no reason. Yeah. Remember when she's like, uh, because Jane tells her how nice Charlotte has been, like no, reaching out to not help. That's Mrs. Lucas, Lady Lucas. Oh, the oh the mom. Charlotte is now Mrs. Collins. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So Charlotte's mom has been trying to help. But well, then Lizzie, Charlotte's mom has been trying to help. That's what I'm saying. Because Lizzie fires one at her like she's. Yeah. Lizzie basically says, oh, yeah. Every time that she's come over and said, I wanted to pay my condolences because of your slutty ass daughter. It must be really hard to have such a slutty, slutty daughter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> slutty and daughter. And then Jane loses it on Lizzie. And. Jane loses it on Lizzie for a second and goes, that was unkind. <laughs> Remember? Lizzie, that was unkind. So what we're seeing is Jane at the end of her rope, y'all. Jane she just wants everybody to behave like a grown-up. Come on. It, well, it just, be, it's a just be kind yeah. tall order. no matter what. Yeah, just yeah. be nice. I don't know. Yeah, just be better. <laughs> be, yes. Or Indeed. just be nicer, Jesus. whether it's good or not. Uh, and, and then basically Lizzie is... Is this, um, he will not be redoing his dresses to me? I think it is. Yeah. I think this is when she's like, he's done. Yeah. This is she's like, well, happen. you you didn't ask for his love. You never wanted it. So why would it matter if he proposes to you again? Yeah. She's like, mm -hmm. well, it wouldn't. No. Uh, well, nah. You are. She's in a wet shift, and I just, you know. <laughs> like, it would have been awesome. But she looks... Out of this poem. She looks in a mirror for a long time, and I, I wrote down that she was that was her looking at herself saying goodbye to Pemberley. 
<laughs> and then we get another floating head. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfectly placed. In the mirror, Perfect. which is my favorite thing this show does. Why? <laughs> That's peak peak nineties. Peak nineties. That's what I was gonna ask. It is you. so nineties. Janine. Yeah. Aaron, Janine. Um, was about was that a nineties thing? Was that an a sort of oh, era totally thing. 90s thing. A a to totally 90s thing. Because it was just like a, their ability to like over, superimpose videos and images. And whatnot. It was new, so, was so they overdid one. it. It's so funny. It's just enormous Darcy head <laughs> floating in her mirror. It was cheap to do. Like they figured out mm -hmm. how to do that very quickly and easily. So I must yeah. leave and you then, now. And then he disappears. <laughs> I wrote this note too. Jane and Lizzie scene. I just want to hang out and gossip in person. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Because yeah. I really Isn't felt that what it. we're doing. I was like, um, yeah, kind of. we also not a person. <laughs> we also, at some point in here, this is another Slack joke or another Crowdcast joke. Uh, at one point, Mary says we must um, condole ourselves with the balm of sisterly consolation, uh, and the Crowdcast chat promptly decided that that's what the Slack is called now—the balm of sisterly consolation. That's I think awesome. that's yeah. when—that's exactly when um, Jane says, "Pass the potatoes." I think that's exactly oh, yeah. the line when <laughs> Pass the potatoes Mary, to Red Gardner, you dumb potatoes. bitch. I'll show you balm <laughs> potato skin. Um uh so basically we're we're going back and forth between this whole time, between Casa Bennett and Mr. Darcy's uh wild ride. <laughs> Yeah. We do see him on the road at this very moment. My favorite oh. is him walking down the street, grabbing a quaff of porter, just slamming like it back, and then jumping back in the carriage. Like, I just need a porter right now. Here, friends, is white male privilege. <laughs> because he is just walking down the street in a random city. He goes up to a random person who, by the way, was like, Coming through, gentlemen, coming through. Move, move, move. Can't you see us? Money, move. And then he comes up, he walks up to a random guy and says, beer. And they just give him a beer. That's privilege. If I walked into the street right now and I just said beer, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. Nothing, nothing would happen. Now, like if Janine went into the street and said beer, someone would so make it. There's a 10% chance someone would bring I, it to Janine and zero. Yeah, you, you have a 10% chance. We have a 0% my chance. Yeah, my probability is a little higher, but the other probability that I'm going to get is yeah, punched exactly. in the face. <laughs> right. gonna, like, yeah, there is that. It's like, fuck yeah. you, dude. Get out of here. Get the man a beer. Get him a beer. Look at him. He's got money. Get him a beer. So just thinking about him, just like walk, 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 grab. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Gotta take care of this problem. But the guy like, was on this, walking on around a, with a tray of, of mugs, right? So maybe that was a thing. Mm -hmm. Well, he just need he needed refreshment. He has been on the road for like forty right. hours. Darcy's up to something. He's up right. to something. He's working. He's something working out. some plans. Yes. He's got some ideas. And then, fucking Mister Collins uh, shows uh, up. At one Wet ass blanket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, somebody the in the here. Hold on, I can probably tell you who it is. Um. By the way, it was Katie who renamed the Slack the Balm of Sisterly Consolation. Um, uh, also, Sabrina, another Sabrina thing, was like, I don't understand what Lizzie's so about, upset about. Girl is, bl <laughs> Girl is blinder than Gary if she didn't see Darcy's heart. <laughs> Gary's the cat. Gary's the cat. Um, this is one of the... We were talking in the last episode about moments that live rent-free in your brain from this. And this is one of mine... <laughs> 
Mr. Collins comes out. This is the most likable kitty ever is. She's like, I'm sorry, who? Who's coming? Gotta go. And she just runs. She runs like across the lawn. She's just like, I don't know. I'm just, all I know is I'm not going to talk to him. She goes and like hides behind a tree. And she shows up in, in a Regency, window later. She's just screaming. Yeah, later she's just she screaming. Fuck that. Julie, you were looking down at this moment because I was watching Aaron react to it. But when she peeks in the window, the God, it's so funny. And she's like, fuck, you still here? I guess I'll go back God behind that tree. I need to use my bowl. I just do. Uh, you do. I like my bat. I left my basket of work in there. Can't you just <laughs> move things along? There's only so many. There's only so many plants I can pull. I've got. I, listen, with. I'm in the oh. middle of a cross stitch that say I did not go to Brighton, and I no one. Like I have to finish it because I've got to give it to Dad. You don't understand. I'm not the one who eloped. It's not me. Kitty, not Lydia. <laughs> In a moment that is very much like their mother, Collins, and, and I love the fact that mom's too sick to come. Dad's not there. So it's literally just Lizzie and Jane, the two eldest sisters, and then Mary because she needs to get a little glance at her lost love, <laughs> I guess. And maybe gloat with him because that's kind of bitch she is. And they they sit there and he says... It would have been better for you if she had died. <gasps> that was a so fucking crazy. shit right there. And it was so, like, so shocking mm. and just so upsetting. And you can see Lizzie and Jane just like, right, oh, God, that was a mortal wound. Mary flew right past the bow. She didn't even, she, fuck it, nothing. But Lizzie and Jane are pissed. And Lizzie then goes ahead and takes this opportunity to stand up and then very politely remind him that maybe being around them is bad for him because, you know, he works for Lady Catherine, so he has to keep it clean, right? So you need to get out mm -hmm. of slut room, mm -hmm. right? Wouldn't leaving slut room behoove mm -hmm. you, sir? It, he really is like, it's like somebody told him that one of them has the coronavirus. Like, it really, yeah. um, and that's not a joke. That's, that's what exactly right. Me. Yeah, exactly. Because like it's backed up to the door. Oh, yeah, he's like, immediately like, oh, right, oh, this is catching. I should Or leprosy, go. which sort of just... Yeah. Good, yeah, totally. Good job, yeah. Lizzie. Good emotional manipulation. Um, we did find out that Lady Catherine knows about Wickham and Lady. Oh yeah, because he makes a point of telling Lady, of course, telling them why. that he told Lady oh. Catherine. That's why he came. And and because who would ever ally themselves with such a family? Uh. And there's a really great David Ma Bamber moment in this scene where he's like leaning on the fireplace and no person has ever stood this way naturally in their entire <laughs> life. Like you can just tell that he's like, what's the most awkward way I could lean like I own the place? Because it's definitely like, I want to give you I own the place energy, but I don't know how to do it because I'm a sack of shit. <laughs> so he's just like, it's very funny. It is that good. this is also when Emily and uh, Janine already alluded to this one when Emily called <laughs> Emily called Mr. Collins a wet be better blanket <laughs> oh that's so good that makes me sad and Sabrina oh. also said I'm sorry for dripping but drip is what I do oh. to Mr. Collins which is really funny oh that's yeah. nice I didn't catch Very that good. one that's good. Um, mm -hmm. so they kick him out uh, and he, he leaves, leaves, and then Kitty comes peeking around the house, like, "Is he gone?" Well, and, they, and that shit is that's baller. She's all of us. They all suddenly, do, except for Mary, do not give a fuck because the carriage is not even left. Lucy just like, "Bye," and she turns around and goes, "Insufferable man!" 
like, girl, he's right there. I'm like, I know Charlotte's not going to mind, but he's right there. You should maybe hide it a little <laughs> bit better. And speaking of people who just want to keep fucking gossiping, Mrs. Phillips comes running down the lane and just has to see her sister immediately. So she goes upstairs to the sick parlor. I think this is when we actually get to see Mrs. Bennett use the smelling salts once and that physical moment of her going, oh, that she's so good. Oh, God, I love her so much. But she and her sister start dishing on Mr. Wickham. Well, we go through the old saws of, my husband's going to die. I'm yeah. going to be alone. My daughters will get married. Um, Collins is coming to take the land. I'm out on my own. I'm out on my ass. And then let's pivot to, I never liked this Wickham. <laughs> never, ever. I, n- I totally told people, too, that I didn't oh. like him. Totally uh. told. Don't you remember? You were there with me, right? You remember that I said that, right? Yeah. I did say that. And then I she's like, oh, I know. I remember that because we were talking about it because I thought it too. And Phillips is like, me too. <laughs> We yes, me too. We both hated it. She oh, also that the, the woman who plays Mrs. Phillips really earns her paycheck. Yeah, because she also says, "I love this line reading: debauches, intrigues, seduction." <laughs> and it's like, ooh, she's at eleven, and I love it. I love the term meddling. He has meddled with every young. Just in our in our meddled. vocabulary, what meddling means is um, mm-hmm. gets my attention. He's um, meddled with every girl. Exactly. Because what they do is they go back into the stuff they've discovered about his past now, which they didn't know, and that's when the meddling, Meddling. Mm quote-unquote, comes up. Well, and she also mentions, and this will be important later, that Wickham has rung up debts at, like, every merchant in towns. Like, he's just left unpaid tabs Mm -hmm. everywhere, Um, presumably all of the coats and hats he was buying. um, To wear while he romanced teenagers. (laughs) Totally. Oh, Lord. Um, so <laughs> they gossip, and then we get some... At, at a certain point, Mr. Bennett comes back, and he's like, don't fucking talk to me, and he just goes in his office and sits quietly. That's in just a second. That's yeah. in just a second, because this is when we get the first flash yeah. of the dingy apartment yeah. that Wickham has Lydia in, where he tells her to get the fuck away from the window. That's the first thing he fucking <laughs> says to her. He's like, get away from the window. Yeah. You know why? Because he knows that people are looking for them. And Lydia's sitting there like, why can't we go out? You know, why can't we go out? Go I just want to go to the beach. Let's go see a show. Why are we going to the theater? Look at us. Like, people in town. She's a little girl. Because she's 15. And I love that he's she's at the desk and he 15. says something, my business takes so long. I'm just, my business. <laughs> what the hell is your business? <laughs> what fucking business? Um, no, she's a baby. She's still playing house. She says the line, I can't believe I was the first of my sisters to get married. And I, the youngest of them all. Because he has a taste for 15-year-olds, basically. Uh, Okay. Uh, Then here comes Dad. Mr. Bennett is back. He literally gets off his horse. He is so tired and so beat down. You can see. He looks at Jane, nods at her, looks at Lizzie, who he hasn't seen for, what, months? Mm Mm-hmm. And barely touches her arm and immediately takes a hard left into the study. Closes the door and I would presume opens the scotch and just gets to emptying the snifter. Yep. Because he hasn't been able to do anything about the situation in London. He did not find his daughter. He has, he's suffering a lot of anger, guilt, sadness. He's broken right now. And he just can't. He basically, he's in, he went in there, he closed the door, 
he turned on some Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. And he's just, nope, some Tom, some Tom Waits, some Joni Mitchell, and he's just, oh, just, just trying to, just trying to, to let the rage go. Yeah. Um, when he finally emerges, it's while they're all sit, sitting around wondering when one of them is going to have a parent. Again. Um, <laughs> you see Mary with like a huge uh, embroidery ring. Um, I assume she is she's cross stitching one of the brilliant phrases that she shared earlier in the episode, like the incredibly insightful, mind bending thought: "A friend in need is a friend, is a friend indeed. indeed." So, oh. yeah, she said she's, that about college. She's profound. I had written a note about that, and it was just Mary. In capital yep. letters, stop it. Collins and Mary in a dialogue is just two absolutely oblivious people who have no concept of what the other person is saying or thinking. Just, you know well, what, Jen? I think maybe you're on to something. I think maybe mm-hmm. you're on to something with let Mary Bennett be hot because <laughs> here's the deal. It's Yes, it's contrary to the adaptation, right? But think about how much more off-putting Mary would be if she was exactly like this, but then like Heidi Klum. Right? right? Just like, I don't know why I went with Heidi Klum as my right. image of young beauty, but she's She would have already been married though. But like she's she's fucking Zendaya. She's like stunning. <laughs> and then she misfortunes, we are told, are meant to test our fortitude. Like it's somehow it would need. just be even fucking worse. Ugh, Someday worse. when I am, I, this will never happen in my hypothetical pride and predator adaptation. I'm casting a stone cold Fox as Mary Bennett and then just telling her to be as off putting right. as possible. Wear a burlap sack. Awesome. And there are women yeah. who can wear a burlap sack and still attract too much shitty attention from men. <laughs> you know? But that has sure. never, ever been the unlikable woman in anything I've ever seen. <laughs> right. So I have something here. There's a little interstitial scene where we see Darcy in London. He's finally gotten there. He's wearing that serious fucking top hat. He means business. Y'all, he's still wearing the same green coat, so he has not changed clothes. It I am still going days. to marry he, that bitch. He, yeah. he, like, gives off some money to some little kid and is like, tell me where this thing is. And tell they, me where. And then he pumped. says, Mrs. Young. He opens a door. Stop. The woman looks scared. He stops, and he's like, Mrs. Young. So that remind me, talk. Allison, what Mrs. Young's deal Mrs. is. Mrs. Young is the woman that Darcy and Fitzwilliam hired to be Georgiana's guardian when she was not at home. So basically, when she was in London, um, Mrs. Y- they hired Mrs. Young based on a apparently faulty character reference um and her and she was meant to be georgiana's mistress in all social things mm-hmm. um, which she also failed georgiana in, and to supervise her mm-hmm. right um, yeah but she and wickham are in cahoots they're pals um oh. she runs a boarding house that he stayed oh. at so she engineers yeah. him engineers their meeting when when they're out of town like Dad. she takes georgiana to Fuck. wherever on the seashore and then arranges it that wickham will bump into her when darcy is not around and oh, darcy shows up the only reason that georgiana horrible. doesn't marry wickham is because darcy shows up right before they're supposed to elope. hero hero right and then she Ugh. confesses it to him because she doesn't want to keep secret from him um mm-hmm. which is when Obviously, because he's perfect, so his fifteen-year-old sister would confess everything to because he's Darcy. I love him. 
Fucking. I know. <laughs> it's, so he finds her, and then that means that he probably knows where Wickham and Lydia are now. That's I believe- You can tell he's got you're going to tell me what I want to know energy when he walks mm. in that door. And it's not, it is incredibly threatening, but not in a violent mm. way. Like I do no. not fear no. for her. Well-being. There was a little bit but of like, a predator ooh, cat about look to on get... his face though. When she tried to close the door and he just, Oh, went, totally. oh yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm no, a lion. I don't think we, I don't think we've met. Um, I, yeah, uh, I'm like, sorry. I don't, I don't like to call him this particular privilege, but have you noticed that I'm white, handsome, male, and landowning? Because I'm going to get... Wa- watch this. Let me demonstrate exactly how powerful I am. Beer! beer. And a beer just appears in his hand. <laughs> I'm also um, a lion and you're a gazelle, so let's just get... Let's just move on. Let's, let's get it over with. So, um, I think that's the last we see... Darcy this episode because then we go back to Longbourn and dad has received the letter from Liz uh, from Lydia well he has one more doesn't he have one more moment where there's one more interstitial where he walks and he sees he looks up and that's when he sees Lydia yeah and that's and that's when uh, after that that's when we get the the letter it's really Mm -hmm. small it's not really that's not a big Mm -hmm. deal but dad receives the express post comes again so many fast letters happening and it's from Lydia talking about how it is from happy she Mr. is. Mr. Gardner. Mr. Gardner. Um, okay. Who is right. This is super important. So, okay. the, so <laughs> Jane and <laughs> Jane and Lizzie, this is one of my favorite random details in this miniseries. Jane and Lizzie are out like, I don't know, fucking playing croquet or something. They're outdoors being outdoorsy women. And their mm-hmm. um, housekeeper comes in and is like, I don't mean to interrupt you. And this is not a thing I should ask you. Um, but I think maybe you should know. Um, are you aware that your dad got a letter? And they're like, no, we fucking what? He what? She's like, yeah, letter. He's had it for like an hour. And they're like, what the fuck? He's had a letter for an hour? And they take off running. And for whatever reason, Jane Austen, I like to think that this is because Jane Austen herself was very speedy makes a point of saying that Lizzie gets to Mr. Bennett first because she's used to running outdoors <laughs> and Jane, who is not, shows up like 40 <laughs> seconds later, totally winded. And then they do that in the show. <laughs> like a Jennifer Ely gets That's like awesome. quite a distance on Jane. I don't know why that is the detail they chose to recreate. I love, but the, I love really... the additional detail that for a moment, Jennifer Ely actually holds up her boobs while she's running so <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm going totally. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> yep. She puts one yep. hand up underneath. I gotta get home. <laughs> yeah. Hoist so him up. Funny. So they take um, off for Mr. Bennett so that they can hear this letter, which is from Mr. Gardner. And the reason it's important that it's from Mr. Gardner is that he is saying, Hey, here is what I have done to resolve the situation. You should write back to me as soon as possible and tell me it's okay with you. But I'm gonna assume it's okay with you because I think it's a pretty well handled. And the gist of the letter is He's going to marry her. All you have to do is give him like 200 pounds a year. And Lizzie is immediately like, why? So I'm little? sorry, what? Where Jane is like, oh, he must really love her. And they're both like, Jane, shut up. Sorry, we love you, but you, girl, you're so unknown. <laughs> no, he does not. Like, this is not, I like, go ahead and go back to reading your they, fairy tales, they Jane. Keep, the grown-ups are they talking. They keep going, yay, about some sentence. And the father keeps going, read on. Read on. <laughs> read on. Read on. Again, the best comb over I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, a, it's very mm. impressive. So, but basically, uh, the important part of the letter is that it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> None right. at all. And, there is except, no reason that Wickham would say yes to this. 
And Lizzie is, uh, what does she say to Jane? Jane says something like, maybe they did fall in love, which is what you were just mentioning. And then is it Lizzie's line that says, you think that if it gives you That's comfort? That's Mr. Bennett. Think that Jane Mr. if Bennett it gives says you that comfort. To her? Mr. Yeah. Bennett, yeah. by you the way, is wearing that. a very similar linen coat to what Darcy was wearing my, when my heart broke. Yeah. And my heart didn't break at all when uh, Mr. Bennett <laughs> twirled around in that it's, same coat. <laughs> It's just a nice linen duster Jesus for garden Jesus Christ, walks. it's really good on Darcy. It's good. And then we have the gals gossiping at night again, and this is where Jane lets her wet hair down and is drying her hair by the fireplace. There's one thing that Mr. Bennett says that I think is what tipped my hand to the what I what is prob what is a spoiler. You guys aren't telling me it's a spoiler, but I figured it out. <laughs> um, is that he's like, what Mr. Gardner do that makes, I'm going to have to owe him something. He did something, he did me a solid, yeah. and I don't know how I'm ever going to repay that. I am more fucked now than I was before. Before, And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay. I think that was an important piece because that's where we start to get the yeah. hints. Like Jane Austen is predictable, episode. and yet... Yeah, she, it's a and lot of same yet, issues. Sure. We could we could read the same goddamn book for the tenth time, and our hearts still race like we're in suspense. That's how good she is. <laughs> she's very. I good. know she's amazing. And then I don't really have anything from that last scene. Well, we get another. We get Lizzie another mirror gaze. Oh, that's right. Ghost Darcy. Do we get, the, do we get his head? Yeah, he he's remember. doing the gaze. Mm. And they that's how they end. They, that's their end okay. card is just him gazing yeah just Why? looking because everyone knows that's what we came to the show for um <laughs> right we're, i've got one more um sabrina quote to share i think it's one more hold on let me make sure that i'm not leaving things out uh yes um so <laughs> they're going over the details of this miracle that mr gardner has engineered and mm -hmm. um and sabrina said you couldn't pay me enough money to spend a lifetime with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. And I think maybe he figures that out too, because the scene where we see Darcy show up there, she's like, you'll never guess who's there. And he's like, just tell me, you'll never guess. It I don't want to guess. Joke. Just tell me, Oh, this is so funny. Please guess. You have to guess. And he goes, Oh, the fuck is it? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, get ready for the rest of your life, buddy. I mean, Allison, you pointed, out that, you pointed out that in like current day, um, Lydia would be more the party girl that never. You said a great thing. Who um, we all? Right, I mean, right? <laughs> there are lots of them. It's true. I don't know if you'll recognize it, but um, <laughs> uh, what was it? She's the girl in college who's still in college when the rest of us have grown on. I totally respect yeah. her in party yeah. girl, and mm -mm, no, right about here is when I just go. Well, you know what she is? She's her mother incarnate. So Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, yeah. She oh, is just, second it's Mrs. Almost, yeah. You could give every Lydia line to the mother character, and it would come off, come off authentic. Yeah. 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 All right. What are the scales? Ooh, well, we've got a bunch of them. Let's do this. <sighs> okay. Jane. J we got a bunch of them for Jane. So our first category is the golden butthole. Who's the best Jane Austen butthole in this episode? And we've got options. There are a lot of options in this one. Uh, I would not be surprised if everyone on the panel chooses someone different. Julie, who is your pick for the golden butthole? I choose Caroline Bingley. She's a big butthole. That's good. Is there a particular high point for you? Because she just make, continues to make such a fucking ass out of herself, and it's like she can't stop herself. Yeah. She's just needlessly cruel, keeps going, thinks she's getting something, and then when she finds out she's not getting what she wants, she doubles down. Yeah. Butthole. Butthole. All right, Janine, what about you? 
Who's your pick for the golden butthole? I'm going to go with Mr. Collins. Good choice. Just showing the fuck up and swinging his stupid little fucking face around and then saying, hey, it would have been better if your sister got fucking killed. Piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here. Butthole. A real butthole. What about you, Jen? Well, I I might go Caroline, except that I feel like Caroline was actually displaying a talent she didn't know how to rein in. Mm. Um, Collins Mm. has no talents, and he... Well, just Collins. <laughs> I don't know if you want yeah, me to Yeah, he's keep just a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be better if she was um, dead. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a dick. Uh, I am also going to go with Mr. Collins, although I do want to tip my hat to Mary Bennett, who uses this oh, terrible God, thing happening yeah. to her family as an excuse to... <laughs> to pretend to be smart. Um, right. Which she is just <laughs> not. Um, but I have to give it to Mr. Collins because there's a little detail that I think you're all missing that m- my guest, Julie will push you over the edge into Mr. Collins' territory, as good as Caroline Bingley is. I need to remind you that Charlotte and Mr. Collins live two days away. So he traveled. Yes. Two days. Two days. Two days. Bullshit. To say, sorry, your sister's such a slut. Fucking asshole. I, I know it's you know really what? hard on you because you're probably all wishing she was dead. But sorry. I just had to come here and tell you how sorry I that am. You're for your loss. That you're dirt. That you're dirt. Because now you're a trash family. And 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 I and I don't want your stink to get on my property. Right. Basically. Two days. You know what? You're right. Two Mr. Collins. Day. It's the it is two days travel. It is the be better blanket of time. Because the same amount of effort to be an asshole, but instead of in a thing you do, it's a distance in distance in distance. It's the be better blanket of distance. It's like it's like if you made a cake and wrote. Fuck you, bat face. I don't know what that means, but fuck you, bat face. And then froze it and then carefully packed it in many many layers and then shipped it overnight and also maybe put like a little speaker in there so that when the box was opened it would play celebrate by cool in the gang <laughs> like you're like really putting in the work to make somebody feel as bad as possible where yes. part of the and this is that's also my pick for sickest burn because what really, really puts the mustard on it is the two days. It's not just that he did it. It's that he thought it was worth four days of his time. <laughs> this opportunity, four, it was worth four days. Even more so Man. because it and took you, time for him to tell, to tell Lady Catherine. So that took at least a day oh, for him yeah, to arrange totally. the fact that he could go to so talk five to her. Plus it takes him so long to get a word in with Lady Catherine. So who even knows? Six, Six days. And then on top of that, we know how bad he is at writing in carriages. So <laughs> like detailed yeah. it. I will stop here. And, and then <laughs> totally. And at the end, when he gets in his carriage, he gets in all smoothly all of a sudden. He knows how to get in a carriage. Yeah, that's because he had a lot of practice <laughs> over the last nine days or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. yeah. Mr. also okay. i couldn't okay. be the I could, because i can't be here next week because i'm i'm busy <laughs> um <laughs> what, made, <laughs> what made it hard for me to choose between five and six was specifically um i'll try not to make it a spoiler the lady catherine de Berg, also two days there and two days back yes, yes a very big deal yes yeah yes that, that is a big deal 
that will okay. matter. Okay, so, uh, and then we also have to do our MVP. So who is your MVP of the episode, of uh, the actors? Uh, Jennifer Ely. Yeah, me too. I'll give an honorable mention to Georgiana. She's good. She's good. She's she was cute. Good. What and about... Like, as a, she has a supporting... Firth is obviously the guy who... I mean, good. that fucking half-smile dimple... Jesus Christ. Yeah. 30-second <laughs> journey he took us on. Good God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, okay. who, who's your pick? Well, what I've always tried to explain to my family who were kind of tripped out on me getting sucked into Outlander is that... Um, Jamie slash Sam Hewen might be the weakest link, but they're, you know, that dazzle effect when zebras are running and you can't see the individual zebra, but it's like <laughs> dazzle, right? So you might see something yeah. eh, like cringeworthy, but then fucking dazzle and oh my God, I want to fuck that guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that Truth. I think that Colin Firth and Darcy might always be, I think that there's, you can't fault any of it. But I can't dazzle. It's just I'll never vote for anyone. Dazzled by Darcy. I'm 12. That's what happened. He melted. Oh, that's fine. He melted. Um, he melted me down to one quarter of who I am, down to 12. <laughs> and so Good choice. I can't make choice. an intellectual contribution to this. It's just that's fine. That's it's, all right. That's Darcy, I think did sorry, a great job. I vote for his left dimple, which didn't show up. And right. the right one didn't show up because the because oh Jesus Christ the left dimple that's all. <laughs> all right, okay. Colin Firth left dimple. Got it. Totally respectable right. choice. Okay, that's a great choice. Um, so next is going to be our Aspen factor, the sickest burn. I've already said mine. It's the four days of travel minimum. I already said mine early in the episode, and that's when Caroline Bingley, the first time she decides to savage the Bennett family in this episode, says to. Uh, Lizzie, uh, so I hear the soldiers are gone. That must be so hard for your family. Mm-hmm. That's the shadiest thing anyone has said on this show yeah. so far. What about you, Janine? Uh, you know, I'm having a hard time. I'm trying to like re- like refresh myself and like think about all the. But there was a lot of shade thrown through this entire yeah. episode. Yeah. Talent, mm-hmm. talented, um, shady situation. Yeah, yeah shady situation too. Yeah, you know? like it's like a like a fucking miniature forest of aspen just everywhere. Yeah, lots of aspen. Except it's for, a wooded except for area. when Lizzie stood up and said, get the fuck out of here. That was not miniature. No, that was no, the, that that was the tree agree. of life. That's, yeah. What, yeah. that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I don't, I don't think I have one, one specific oh. one, because they were also very good. There's also like, okay. there's like a, like a, like a sapling. We're going to pretend a sapling is not also a baby tree, but it's like a sure. baby, baby tree. That's what we're yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah. There's a like baby, a baby tree when Jane is like, Mary, pass the potatoes to God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a little tiny baby, baby tree, but it casts a long shadow because it's yeah. Jane. It's like the tree is this big, but all of a sudden the sun is much closer or something. <laughs> It's further down on the horizon, so it hit it hard. Thank you, Janine. Yeah, I knew you would have that. That's right. Okay. Um, so our next, we forgot the name of this scale um, last week, oh. but it's the hand flex scale, the uh, sexual tension scale. Mm. Oh, What's I'm going that? with Jen with the hand, the hand on top of the hand, and then the reminder, you can't touch me, like that, that? thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jen, is that your moment to the hands? No. Mine is the, it's, it, it, in any other episode, I wouldn't pick something so obvious, but it's episode five. How could you not pick the fucking gaze while she's singing at the piano? There's just, I don't even know that it was tension. Tension is unspoken or unexpressed and 
he was mm. just wearing his heart on 85 sleeves. But I just, yeah. I, again, I'm 12 and that's the only one I can, I, can, I don't remember the other ones. He really admires Jesus her. Christ. He I felt like, to be her. honest, I felt like if I were watching my daughter um, play her first starring role on a stage, my face might have been exactly the same. He's just like bursting with pride in her and the fact that he'd never mm -hmm. bursted with it. Jesus Christ. The coming out of the pond with the and your family's all well. And then the I don't know what to do. And then the just the bursting with I can't. I just almost, I kind of mm -hmm. wish you hadn't make me wad this whole thing. I, that's kind of where I You just am. wanted to see. I, I didn't hold on to any of my adult respect, self-respect. You're, no, you're great. You're that's killing okay. We're it. all there. You're killing it. Um, we're all it's there. My, half smile. Yeah. Anyway, go, go ahead, ahead. Janine. My, my hand flex, I think, is going to be, uh, you know, it, I, it, this isn't. I think it's. I'm gonna give it to uh, Lizzie in that scene where Colin Firth's dimple shows up, um, where she goes back to Georgiana. Um, right. I think that is a very sexy kind of moment yeah. of respect and mm -hmm. like def deference and like the importance of like what she's trying to do That's and good. like get to know this person. Um, I mm -hmm. thought, and the way you guys described it in this episode too about you know diverting the attention from her. I thought that was, that's mm -hmm. very sexy to me. So I'm into it. Yeah. That's mine too. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. Okay. The next, and we're clocking up on two hours, so we better keep going. Yeah. This we is it. Yeah. Let's we're, roll we're into the rolling end. through the end. Um, the next scale is what this week I'm going to call, um, our Regency Bolero scale. So what's your pick <laughs> for the, the best costume of the episode? I really, really, really liked both Lizzie and Georgiana Darcy's costume when they first met each other. The seafoam green silk mm -hmm. and her bonnet uh, that Jen mentioned is just so lovely. The, I think that pairing, as we talked about so many different color pairings throughout the episode, I think that one was my favorite and, to me, the prettiest costumes. Very good. Really good. What about you, Jen? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, well, that bolero, you guys talked about it last time. That mustard color, I don't know if I know a white woman who can pull off mustard that well. Mm -hmm. the, when she when she appeared in it, Neil once again said, oh, that's saffron, saffron yeah. jacket. I, I would never <laughs> even go toward that color. All of the, all of the I, bright pinkness of my life and age would, and my race would just... <laughs> And I love that she wore it again and that it's such a standout piece that you remember mm -hmm. because that, once again, teaches us something about her, like, life and how she has Yes, to but that's not my that's choice. Cool. Oh, okay. Whatever the fuck Darcy was wearing, and I didn't even know what it was, when he said the green one, because gr he was picking what he was going to propose in, that's my favorite costume. I don't know what the fuck he was wearing, but that's the best. He was wearing a waistcoat. He's like his pants, and it was yeah. kind of stripey, wasn't know. it? He's stripey like, vest. The green one. No, leave me alone. No, that one. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to propose to this bitch. And that's the best costume that ever happened in the world. <laughs> uh, Janine? Uh, I will say that I like the bonnet game. There was a comment in the in the in the cast about um, it, it was when they were about to, it was when um, Lizzie and the gardeners were about to leave, and Lizzie had the the burg the kind of red burgundy bonnet mm -hmm. on, very pretty. I liked it. Um, I, there were a lot of good costume choices though in this entire episode, like with the matching and the thought of co with it. So it's a little. I I say 
I give that as my caveat because I just like that moment. Everything else, it was very pretty all over I think this was a very well-costumed episode. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, Mine mm-hmm. is a tie between the, the green proposal jacket um, and Lydia's hilariously on-point <laughs> eloping outfit. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is just like, oh, she's yeah. like, bad decisions, the dress. It's just <laughs> like, it's really, it's so good. Um, and our last scale is, would you get up to get another drink? Walk around the room. A turn, oh, turn, yeah, turn about, about the room. Um, I think the, the the revelations come pretty quickly. You could get up to walk around, but I didn't feel the desire to because it just feels like every time you learn something, then like 30 seconds later, you learn a new piece of information about the thing you just learned about. I don't know. It feels like it, it links together throughout and pulls you in. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I hadn't been paying attention to Colin showing up, I would have gotten up around that part, but I knew what he was going to do, and I was like, I got to watch this. Yeah. So, no, I I would say I did not get up. Mrs. Bennett always makes me want to get up. Right, yeah. (laughs) She's an over-actor, right? (laughs) Well, she's she's doing a great job as an actor, but, like, she's just... Fucking get just love not her. okay. It like bugs the shit out of me. She's a great actress, but like the character just bugs the crap out oh, of me. Oh yeah, so. she's very annoying. Well, I, so here's something yeah. I'm curious about because I have no, I have no background in, perf- in any arts, but much less performing arts. But so she's obviously overacting that part because Mrs. Bennett does yes, that. and then yeah. I also kept thinking maybe if she were on stage in theater on stage that would make sense but for me maybe it would make sense if everybody did that but the fact that this whole series depends on the subtlest of tiny like little tiny motions of the lips of someone else mm-hmm. another actor in the show you know of course I'm well, gonna... but do they balance do they belong in the same there's a bit of juxtaposition here because what Mrs. Bennett offers is a ton of energy that kind of cleanses you or gives you a palate cleanser of like what that subtlety is. And there's something to be said about the society and like the way that uh, the stilted language affects their ability to communicate all of their mm-hmm. emotions. Um, so that because Mrs. Bennett is so fucking intense, she actually plays quite well with the fact that they are trying really hard to navigate some really intense feelings, but don't always have the language. Oh, I see. Okay. Really particularly, mm-hmm. so it works. I just personally can't stand the character. It's overwhelming. <laughs> well, she overwhelming. is annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's and I, th- I think on purpose. Yeah. yeah she's. she's, she's I mean, she's, she's ridiculous. She's purposefully yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. She's, um, and that's true. Most Austin fools of like lots of Austin, Austin buttholes of many varieties, but the Austin buttholes <laughs> who are also fools. Um, tend to be similarly larger than life because they don't have an off switch. Like there isn't a filter. And Mr. Collins has that. um, Mrs. Mm. Phillips has that here. Um, The uh, Lord Lucas has that. Like the very good do you dance. And they're the comedy. Capital, capital, They're the comedy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a yeah. different yeah. beast. So for me, um, I, yeah. I think that might be, she might have been one of the reasons that I jumped ship the few times mm-hmm. I tried to watch mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But so the Emma Thompson, sorry, dude, whatever your name is, the, the Emma Thompson Sense and Sensibility one, um, I don't remember anyone's names, but the the 
the guy who owns the property and his mother-in-law and mm -hmm. they're just so intense and the mother-in-law trying to put people together and someone going please let us know and she says no it's just the thing i bought into every tiny bit of that but the um the mom in this one was too, just too much and it might be why i did because i know i i don't have anything like your point of view i'm just looking for something to be sucked into she sent me away um mm. and, and then That's when i realized by the end that um i mean i guess i've i guess i kind of understand that the difference between camera and theater is that in theater you have to really overdo it and on the camera you can do the subtlest facial expressions that ever happened like colin firth in this theory sure. in this series i swear mm -hmm. to god i can't live it's just like oh my god i'm just like he's very I good he's been, I, i need not... to watch every goddamn thing He's very I have good. to tell you, um, I don't find his facial expressions to be all that subtle. Serious. See, there's, there you go. Yeah. I, yeah. See, there you go. Right. So, I mean, it depends mm -hmm. on what audience you're choosing, and I always imagine that everyone's always choosing both audiences and trying to play to both of them. I'm trying yeah. to be tricked, um, because <laughs> I can't bring any critique to it. I don't have any background in it. I can't notice the technique. I can't notice anything. I just want to be kind of carried along. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't discount I can any see, of that. Yeah, I, I can see that a character that is so mm -hmm. broad is definitely it takes you out of the story. Yeah. I can I can one hundred percent see that. Mm -hmm. I I like the way she takes me out of the story because oh, I think it's see there you go purpose. that's interesting yeah. I remember watching a little um either narrated or documentary or something with Terry Dresbach who did the costumes for Outlander and she did a long talk about choosing things that are distracting so like Claire would always have been wearing the lace cover up she would never have had an ex exposed skin um above the bodice it would have always gone up and just she would have had the hat the bonnet was the big one and she was just saying it was absolutely historically inaccurate but it would have brought all of the viewers outside of the story and so we kept it this way and that kind of stood out to me like and uh listening to you guys is what actually kind of broadened by oh you guys are looking at this from an entirely different perspective i just want to get lost so that's why i mm -hmm. didn't ever get sucked in on pride this series of pride and prejudice um because nobody was sweeping me away yet i was seeing all the acting um mm -hmm. but thank 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 you to my the fucking depths of my soul for making me watch this <laughs> Because if you want to shit. talk about getting swept away, here you go. Here, here you we fucking go. Well, I can't think of a better note on which to transition to all of our end stuff. So I'm going to take it. Um, Do it. Thank you for being here with us, Jen. Thank you for Yay, all of your thanks, support. Jen. If you've been to a live show in Chicago, there's a pretty decent chance that you've met right? Jen. Um, hopefully someday when we can all travel again, we'll a do that A little bit again. of a stalker. Although maybe now it's going to be at the Dolly Parton Bar in Nashville. Anyway, <gasps> fingers crossed Thank someday. It. It's the coolest. Um, uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, if you like the show, please, I need to get better at doing this. Give us a review and a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or iHeartRadio or Spotify or all of the places that we I'll are. I'll tell you, I um, actually 
created an iTunes account just to leave you a review. That's the only review I've ever That's so awesome. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at PodlanderCast. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast. You can find us on Patreon where you can support the show and also get some fun perks like our Friday lunch breaks, uh, which have become sort of weird, hyper-specific Q&As. Our crowdcast that you've heard us talk about, certainly access to the Slack channel and some other fun perks like bonus episodes and whatnot. Uh, at patreon.com slash podlander drunkcast. Um, it's fun. Come join us. We want to thank all of the people who back us on Patreon, who make it possible to do this show, which is not cheap, but in particular, these lovely folks. Kathleen Martini, a new name, a really fun name Ooh, to say. Thank you, like Kathleen, Kathleen, for having Martini. such a nice last name. Uh, more, there are more other good names coming, but that one I'm just gonna enjoy for a minute. One more time, Kathleen Martini. Like it just sounds mm. it's great. Uh, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson. Hold on. Yes, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, the other Janine, Kristen, Shannon Duffy, Alicia Glynn, Liz, and Tinkerbell. Specific request. Tinkerbell was tired of not getting mentioned. She went to her mom and said. Mom, listen, I'm a mini horse. I don't I don't know how it is that you think that it's appropriate that I've not been credited in the credits of Podlender Drunkcast, but you got to correct that. And she I got a very apologetic message. I know Tinkerbell's being a bit of a diva, but she wants to be in the credits. So, Liz and Tinkerbell, diva. Stella uh, Stella <laughs> Welch, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Kayla Reagan, Rachel Lazon, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smazza, Heather Robbins, sweet sassy molassie. Brit- I can't get enough. Brittany Halbert, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Maria, Chantal Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Philip Nako, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, aka Laura, Mary Lumpkin, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCrary, Dr. J, Jen Lander, Drunklin, Hi. Hey. Hi. Kelly Bodden, Amanda <laughs> Newton, and Kiki. Wise. Thank you so much for making it possible to do the show. We will be back next week talking about the sixth episode of the BBC A&E miniseries Pride and Prejudice adapted by Andrew Davies Nemesis of Emma Thompson uh, which is the finale. Um, Yeah. And uh, have a good safe week. Take care of each other and yourselves and um, if you need a funny cat gif or something um, find either me or the podcast on Twitter and I have got cat gifts for days <laughs> it's going to be a weird and scary week but we love doing the show and we love this little corner of the internet that has made us feel so safe and welcome and valued um, and we hope that uh, next week we will be in good spirits Woo! Yeah. yay yay I made it weird. I made it weird. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.